And now, introducing the man who ate so much Glory Days sausage, he started making all who know him call him Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. A name that took on a whole new meaning after he was banned from the city due to what was described as, quote, the indecentest of exposures, unquote. He has never seen any of the Halloween franchise, claiming he lost interest in Mike Myers after he made So I Married an Axe Murderer. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Is that Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago? <laughs> there he is. You know, the, the, uh, there, there were two songs. This was a trivia question recently. Uh, in uh, uh, It's not John Proctor. I used to go play trivia because John Proctor was the host, and then we wanted to play trivia again, and then John Proctor bailed as the host. So I don't even know who the host is anymore. But it was a trivia question. What were the two songs that Ferris sang in the streets of Chicago that day? Do you remember? Oh, man. Um, the one was Wayne Newton. It was... Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, oh, my gosh. If you ask me any other time when I'm not on the air, I could oh. sing it to you immediately. Don't don't tell me because I can totally do this. Well, you've got the um, internet. So I gotta... recall yeah, you're, Central you're Park and Fall. I don't know the name, but I know the I know the oh, words. You don't know the name? I don't know the name. It's a come on, man. This is I can't believe you don't know the name, but you know the other lines from the song. The name is quite famous. I don't know that I've ever known the name. You don't Donka Shane? Donka Shane. Donka Shane. Darling, Donka Shane. Yeah, that's the one. Do you I will the... say we sound good. Yeah, oh, nailed it. Do you know we... the other? Um, no. no. Probably, but I can't remember. It's This one's more of a party song. This one's more of a, in fact, I wouldn't, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was played at your wedding, but it's one that's very commonly played at weddings. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I, the Donka Shane one is so uh, famous. I, I can't. Twist and Shout is the other one. Oh. Shake it up, baby. Shake it up, baby. Uh, Twist and sh- I nailed that. I was nice. Very that was a myself. that was a very, wonderful high note. Very yeah, wonderful. Yeah, nailed that. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul Valley. Day two of the uh, Paul Valley experience. Uh, good to have you guys with us. We're getting ready for a big night tonight. We're going to be at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena with the one and only Tyus Bowser for the Tyus Bowser Show. We will see you there. Um, it gets underway at 7 o'clock. Your opportunity to meet Tyus Bowser and his special guest. Now, I I am under – I would love to be able to announce to you who the special guest is. I know a little bit more of the details of this, and unfortunately someone was lined up that is not able to make it. And we know who the backup plan is. There's a backup plan like uh, Big Boy always says. There's a backup plan to the backup plan to back up the backup plan. But Tyus is trying to see if maybe somebody else might be able to do it, and I can't tell you more about the reasons why. I know, I, I'm telling you, and you're going to have to be willing to listen to me, I know that one way or the other, either Tyus is going to find uh, somebody else or his backup plan, someone who we know is available, you're going to be thrilled. You're going to be absolutely thrilled getting the opportunity to meet this person. It's me. It's Paul Valley. It's, it's a huge night. It's a huge night. I do know that uh, uh, intern Lil Jordan's going to be out there tonight, so you'll definitely be able to get pictures and autographs from him. Uh, but you'll be able to get uh, your pictures socially distanced, of course. We're not causing an outbreak. We're not going to do that. Um, and autographs from uh, Tyus and his special guest tonight. We are, we're just, again, I promise we will have more details. That's a promise. There will be more details coming during the day, and you need to be willing to believe me on this. 
I know the details. This is not a we're in danger of there not being a guest. There are a lot of interesting and unique circumstances related to why we are in this position that we're in. But it's a promise from me to you. And I want you to look at, look at me in the eye right now. Look at me in the eye right now. Right now, Julio. Look at me in the eye. Okay? I know it's weird because I got a lazy eye, so you can't really you, – you don't know if I'm looking at you or not. But I promise you I am. Have I ever let you down? Name one time. Okay, name five times. Name five – name 15 times that I have ever let you down in the next 30 seconds. Thank you. That's what I thought. Tyus Bowser show tonight. And I, I, that is a promise. we got a great special guest that's going to come out with him. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to announce that on social media beforehand. That is, that is the plan for the Tyus Bowser show tonight. It's brought to you by True Strong Services, Press Box, and Great Eights Memorabilia. And please go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number 8 right now in order to find out more about what they're doing for the Harvest of Hope, including some free Free meet and greet events in November with the likes of Deshaun Elliott and Justin Tucker. Free. All you got to do is bring out food, take care of folks who need it in our community this holiday season. That is an absurd offer. That's insane. I know people who have paid extraordinary amounts of money for the opportunity to meet Justin Tucker, and you will not have to do that. GreatHMemorabilia.com is the website. Coming up this morning here on the program, we are going to find out more about our favorite baseball team. You know who my favorite baseball team is. Everybody knows I'm a lifelong Braves guy, and I, and I always have been for about a week now. So uh, we're going to learn about the Atlanta Braves today. Chip Carey, play-by-play voice, is going to join us. We will um, talk to him and learn more about our favorite team, the Atlanta Braves, as more bad news if you hate the Red Sox the way that I do. They won last night. In, it wasn't even an entertaining game. It wasn't even one that we could flip over during the lulls in the football game, which there weren't a lot of. The football game was phenomenal last night. Um, but I just, I, when these nights where we have both things going on, it's nice to be able to flip between them. And that wasn't an option last night as the baseball game was over basically right about the time that it started. Right. But at least the good – anyway, um, we're going to talk to Chip <laughs> Carey about uh, the Braves this morning. Also coming up a little bit later on, our friend Aditi Kinkabwala from the NFL Network, uh, her podcast NFL Explained. She's going to join us. She was in Baltimore on Sunday for Ravens Chargers. We'll talk to her about what she saw. And uh, also a little bit later on in the program, uh, Rob Ambrose got a big win. The Towson Tigers defeated number 12 Rhode Island in convincing fashion over the weekend. 28 to 7. We're going to talk to him about that. He told us before the season he thought there was going to be a little bit more defense from the Tigers this year, and he wasn't kidding. Um, so we will talk to Rob Ambrose about that massive win coming up a little bit later on as well. That's all on the docket today. Um, the Ravens are, as everybody has pointed out, the, the at the moment, they're the number one seed by themselves in the AFC. What does that mean? Not a damn thing. But it's, but what the hell? It's fun. It's what we're talking. I mean, with, with this, you'd rather be there than not be there. I guess it, it means nothing because we're only six weeks into the season, and believe it or not, they're they're not going to go ahead and cancel the season at this point and just progress to the playoffs. They're going to go ahead and play the rest of the games anyway. Um, th- it was phenomenal. Just a phenomenal football game last night. Yeah, you could not have asked for more. Uh, unless you have you know a personal connection to the Buffalo Bills, in which case you would have asked for them to have gotten one yard at the end of the game when they needed it. 
I needed that yard simply because of the fact that I was down by nine points. I'm sorry, eight points in fantasy football. And who did you have? I had Antonio Brown. I mean, not Antonio Brown. AJ Brown and Julio Jones. So I needed over. You, well, yeah. I, actually, I just wanted them to kick the field goal. Right. That's I needed. A, I needed overtime. Needed. Yeah, I needed you, overtime. You needed them to play on, and uh, they weren't going to do that. They were going to live or die in that moment. And I got no beef with that. I'll never have any beef with that, particularly when you have. Look, I'm not trying to compare Josh Allen to Lamar Jackson in terms of his athleticism, but his escapability, as you saw in the play before, and which set up the fourth and short, I'm 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 always going to be good with Josh Allen going for it and, and the Buffalo Bills going for it in fourth and short circumstances, and I think it was the right idea. Um, a shame for them, obviously, that he tripped over his own feet and uh, fell to the ground and couldn't even get a half an effing yard. That's a bummer for them. And it's really quite the funny thing about you know the way that we approach this. Like today, we're saying to ourselves, well, the Ravens are the, definitely the best team in the AFC, but if the Bills had just gotten three yards at that point, then I don't know if we're saying that if we're saying, well, the Bills are still the best team. It's the goofy part about all of this. This is why... As as much as we like to feel better, this is the scene from Tommy Boy. This is the guarantee fairy. Like, you know, your daughter's missing. It's the whole situation. I, I, I We like to feel better about ourselves. It's the tell me I'm pretty concept. We want to feel pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Does it matter at all that the Ravens have the best record? No. Would they have had the best record if not for Justin Tucker making a 66-yard kick? No. You know, like, they, there's all these silly things that occur that lead you to this point. But does it change the fact, as I said in the column yesterday, that we know the Ravens are a really good football team? They're really good. That's the only part that actually matters. It doesn't really matter if they were 5-1 and one or 4-2. and two. I don't think suddenly in Buffalo they should be panicking because they came up a half a yard short last night. I, I, if I, I, well, forget it. Season's over. Panic in the streets, right? No. It's the goofy nature about football where we overreact to everything because we have another week to wait before there's another football game. And so we, we need to have some new shiny object every day, some shiny new toy, some new storyline to look at. And the storyline that we've got today is that the Ravens are now the top seed in the AFC. The Ravens might be the best team in the AFC. Might be. I don't know that. This season, we'll, we'll, they'll go ahead and play the 17 games anyway, and we'll find that out. As the year goes on. At the moment, if you want to say they are because they got the best record, totally good with that. No problem whatsoever. My power rankings will be out today at PressBoxOnline.com. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you, they're going to be the top AFC team in my power rankings because they're the one that's 5-1. and one. But does it matter? No. Lord knows. It does not matter. It is irrelevant. It could not be less relevant. It's just want us wanting to feel pretty today. We want to feel. We want someone to tell us that we look nice in that new dress that we got. We want someone to say, "Boy, you you look you look marvelous, darling." That's what it is, and that's the reason why we're freaking out about the Bills losing and the Ravens being the number one seed. Now, when we get to the end of the year, we'd like for the Ravens to be the number one seed, despite the fact they lost in the playoffs at home two years ago and three years ago as well. Despite the fact they've lost their last two home playoff games, there is no doubt in my mind that they are better off being at home in the postseason. It doesn't guarantee anything. I know we'll all point out the Ravens are the number one seed even in 2006, and it didn't help them help them out whatsoever. But you'd rather host an AFC championship game than go on the road. 1,000%. There is no curse. There's no thing where Lamar Jackson's a better road quarterback than a home quarterback. None of those things exist. And it is an advantage. 
particularly if you imagine what if you're playing the Chargers again, they got to come across the country. You would much rather be at home for that type of game than you would be on the road. So if you want to say, hey, if you can hold on to it and stack wins and you control your own destiny to be the number one seed, I think that's a tangibly good thing. Yes, sure, that's a tangibly good thing. But we're a long way away from it. Long way away from it. There is, we're a third of the way through the season at this point. Maybe slightly, I guess it's more like a 30, we're 36% of the way through the season at this point. Long way to go. But at the moment, the Ravens are the number one seed. John from Little Rock. Uh, I love how no one whines uh, about Allen running and throwing his body around at defenders, but when Lamar does it, it's holy hell. He can't keep doing this. His career will be so short, um, be short so on and on. F these people. Wow, F these people. You're getting aggressive <laughs> this morning, John. Um, I mean, I you know, sure. I, I just don't I just don't get as worked up about that stuff as you guys do. I mean, I I've made my made my point. We have all the data. I've said this a billion times. This thing where we keep trying to pretend like you're at more risk of getting hurt as a running quarterback than you are as a passing quarterback is silly. The big licks that Lamar Jackson took on Sunday were the ones late in the first half when he was standing in the pocket. Those were the big hits that could have been potentially devastating not the, any of the ones that he took when he was out running. We've got all of the data about this. There is no more debate. Somebody tried to bait me. This is not a joke. I On Sunday night, I was making fun of some... So the, You watched the end of the Sunday night game, right? Yes. Yeah. So this whole kerfuffle at the end of the, the fourth quarter where, the, the for whatever reason, the Seahawks come up, spike the ball with one second left. The officials are like, no, 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 we wanted to review the previous play despite the fact that there was nothing that needed to be reviewed. Right. Um, and the Steelers fans are all freaking out because they saw the clock tick down to zeros, which it never should have because the spike happened definitively with one second left on the clock. It was definitive. There was one second. There was no debate about it. There was no gray area here. They had a 1,000 replays. It was very obvious there was still a second left on the clock when they spiked the ball. But um, they, I, don't know, they didn't show, I guess they didn't show that replay in the stadium, so all these you know, uh, backwoods yinzers are in the stadium like, I saw their sids. We're getting screwed. <laughs> screwed. The NFL's out to get us. There were zeros on the clock. So, um. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, there's lovely people in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know any of them, but I'm sure they're lovely. My two best men uh, were from, are from, live in Pittsburgh. But are they lovely? They are lovely. All right, very good, very good. So, so I, I, I'm sure there are plenty of lovely people from Pittsburgh. So they're all freaking out. Now, the person that has the ability to know better, of course, is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who anybody, any of the guys that are in the booth that have access to the TV cameras and the TV broadcast, anybody who works for the organization can say, yeah, I, you might have thought that way because you didn't have access to the, the replay, but um, you know we saw it. It was They got it right. I mean, yeah, it's goofy that they had to review that play before because we didn't see anything that needed to be reviewed, but... You know, they got it right. The the, the Seahawks were going to have the ball spiked with one second left. They didn't get it. They did not. There was no advantage to Seattle in that moment. They either were going to be snapping the ball with one second left or they're going to be snapping the ball with one second left one way or the other. In fact, if anything, the Seahawks kind of got screwed because they had to go out and run the spike play again, and they ran the risk of something going wrong right. in that process. And if it did, they, they would end up losing the game without getting a field goal try off. So nobody, the Steelers most certainly did not get screwed in those moments. You could argue the Seahawks did, but the likelihood of them screwing up a spike was so slim that it wasn't worth you know, freaking out about it. But even yet, in his postgame press conference, Mike Tomlin was asked about the end of the game, the end of the fourth quarter, 
And he went on about how embarrassing it was. And I'm like, dude, you're going to get fined for something where you weren't wronged in any way. You, like, is that wor- is it worth getting that $50,000 fine for something where they got it right? Like, is that something that's worth doing? So I'm, t- I'm, I'm saying something about it on Twitter, and some of, one of these backwoods yinzers gets after me like, well, he didn't think he was wrong, so he was right. And I'm like, what the? But, and then, then they gave it the ultimate FU, which is, and have a good day. <laughs> like, what the? Like, oh. you're, you're trying to debate fact. Like, this thing that we had talked about last week, or the week of the, um, what, we, we, the week of the Denver game, where I'm like, this bit that people are doing where they're pretending like it's impossible to score two touchdowns in 10 seconds, which has been done multiple times in NFL history. And John Harbaugh gaslighting about, well, you know, they were still trying to throw the ball with 10 seconds left, as if every team shouldn't be doing the exact same thing the Broncos did. And again, I don't, to go back to that as a reminder, I didn't give a rat's ass about what Big Fangio thought, and he was way out of line and the whole thing. It's just that John Harbaugh was gaslighting in his response, saying, well, that's not about trying to win the game. The F it isn't. You try to score a touchdown, convert an onside kick, and throw a Hail Mary. It's what everybody does in that circumstance. It's what everybody should do. We got to stop this thing where we're n- we have a problem with fact. We have a fact problem in this country, in this world, probably in this galaxy. I don't know what's happening currently on Neptune, but I mean, if I had to guess, they're struggling with fact too. The fact we have the data. Running quarterbacks are not at more risk of getting hurt than pocket quarterbacks are. It's just some talking point that we had for a long time that we think has to be true because in our mind, it sounds true, right? Well, they're downfield. They, if they're out there running, they might take more shots. Except for the fact that pocket quarterbacks regularly take shots. You can argue more shots. Yes, and the data proves it. We've got it. We don't have to try this hard. We just... We want what our beliefs are to be fact. We believe it's true, so it's fact. The Harbaugh and um, Tomlin things, I think there's a little bit of pandering to the fans in there, too, to kind of keep them on their side, but especially in Tomlin's case, because that their season's not how, going well. How, well, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but how hard is it to say, like, yeah, that, that was that was goofy, but in the end it seems like they got it right or something like that. And, and again, I, the only, I, don't really, I don't care, because Lord knows I don't care about Mike Tomlin's uh, financial situation i think he's doing quite all right i think he can stomach the fifty thousand dollar fine or whatever it is that might come his way i think he'll be just fine um but like if i'm personally there are times where i think it might be worth it there are times as a coach where you know if john harbaugh is laying in on lamar jackson not getting um late hit calls i get that it's got to be frustrating and at some point it might be worth the fine over the late hit calls. Like, you might say something in a press conference knowing you're going to get fined, but it just might be worth it. But the point is, I'm going to get fined for the thing that's worth it, not for the thing that they ultimately got right, that you were wrong about. You're not, I'm not going to get fined for complaining about something where I'm wrong. That would be the mistake. It's all very silly. All right, Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, We got a new favorite baseball team. 
The Atlanta Braves. It's our favorite baseball team and always has been since uh, when did the season end for the Orioles? Three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. It's been our favorite baseball team for three weeks. That's who we are rooting for. Those are our guys. Joining us now, part of the Braves broadcast crew for Bally Sports South. It's always a pleasure to welcome Chip Carey back to the program. Chip, it's Glenn and uh, Paul up here in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. My pleasure. Glad you guys joined on the uh, Braves bandwagon. Hey, man, could not, awesome. could not be bigger fans. What, what, we know the chop. What else do we know? Are there like, other things that we need to know in order to be great Braves fans over the course of the next yeah, couple of weeks? you got to like Grits. you got to like Acuna. you got to like Ozzy Albies and Chains oh, and Freddie Freeman. That's a good start. You uh, get that under your belt in the first week, that's a lot, to, I'm all a in. lot to take care of, but that's a good way to get things underway for you. In fact, I swear, I, I have to. I'll eat Grits every morning for the rest of the week. There that's a go. promise. It's a promise to you, Chip Carey. I'm willing to do it. A bummer that our guy, yeah, Nick, Marcakis isn't there anymore, but other than that, yeah, that's right. Forgot yeah. about Nick. You guys yeah. should be all over Nick Marcakis. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, look when we got him from Baltimore, I, I said it at the time, and I've said it for years. He may go down as one of the most important Braves in the history of the franchise. Uh, great numbers, great personality, and the time that he came when the Braves were in the midst of their rebuild, he really set a great professional tone in that locker room uh, on the field. Obviously, with his great play. Uh, and uh, is one of my all-time favorite people and players, and uh, uh, we're really grateful that he spent so much time and played so well for us down here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't worry. We're totally over the fact that they thought uh, the Orioles thought his neck couldn't hold up after 2014. <laughs> we're totally over it, Chip. We don't think about it at all. Never will. Yeah, I understand uh, perfectly. Gotcha. Hey, how, th- this is the the obvious question to me, and I'm sure the one that that you've had to answer the most when you've done these, Chip, is how did this happen? Like, how did a team? that lost Ronald Acuna and was trailing and and lost pitching. How did they manage to do this to not just win the division, but get to this point where they're two wins away from the World Series? Yeah, that's a great question. I think all of us are sitting back and scratching our heads and wondering the same thing. Um, I think it starts with uh, Brian Snitker, our manager. Uh, you know, in this era where we have so many guys in the game that have never managed or played or coached uh, professionally, getting these kinds of jobs, um, a guy that's had a steady hand as a manager and an organizational guy in 40-plus years with the Braves, when things go south, and they were going south pretty quickly, you need a steady hand at the helm to keep things moving in the right direction, and he was able to do that. Uh, he and I had several private conversations on the bench uh, in June and July where he said, look, we're not where we want to be. We still feel like we have a team that can win this division, and when we do, it'll be incredibly satisfying to do so, and they did that. Uh, he was able to keep guys focused, keep guys focusing on today's game. You can't worry about yesterday, can't worry about tomorrow type attitude. And I think that started with him. Obviously, it then goes to the players. The players went out and kept grinding, kept playing. Uh, they stayed relevant in a division that, that many thought was going to be better than it was. It right. wasn't. And nobody buried Atlanta. And as a result, when they finished up a five and four road trip to Philadelphia and New York at the end of July, they were only four, four and a half games out of first place. Uh, without Ronald Acuna Jr., they went and got uh, Jack Peterson, made the trades, bought outfielders in bulk, and then the team took off and never looked back. So it all starts at the top, then it goes to the players, and then the general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, pulled the trigger and got exactly what the team needed, and here we are. Uh, Chip Carey is with us. Of course, the Atlanta Braves are two up 2-0 on the Dodgers. Game three is tonight at 5 o'clock out in L.A. Chip, the, the Jack Peterson thing, the Jacktober thing, right? How, how do you explain yep. this dude and and how it just continues to work this way that when the lights are shining the brightest, he's the guy that comes through the most? 
Yeah, yeah, you know, again, it's one of those things that you can't really explain. Uh, some guys just have a knack when the moment is big to step up and do something spectacular. And uh, at least for Atlanta, he's been able to do that. Historically, Jock has done that, too. Uh, and look, when the, the Braves got him from the Cubs, uh, he really filled a need. You mentioned Ronald Acuna Jr. blew out his knee in, in July. Uh, they needed an offensive jolt, and he was able to provide that for this team. And then he went ice cold where he, he couldn't buy a hit. Uh, for a while and lost his job as a starting outfielder for the team and got a couple big pinch hits in the postseason and now finds himself back in the lineup. I mean, there before he's done that before on a big stage with LA playing in Atlanta is not going to intimidate him. And look, he's certainly got a lot of swagger. He is certainly a different breed of cat, but his teammates love him and he's been able to produce when the Braves have needed it most. And it's one of those things that, as you said, it sort of defies explanation, but really you don't need one. Uh, this is the time of year where if you perform, you play. If you don't, you don't. And uh, the Braves looking for offense any way they can get it have certainly gotten it from Jock Peterson. Is there an explanation for the late inning thing that, that we've seen over the last couple of games? Is there an explanation for this team not panicking and, and being the team that can deliver in those biggest moments? Yeah, I, you know this is a this is still a young team. Uh, you know, you, you think Freddie Freeman's been around for forever. Yeah, team. sure. But you're know, taking him out of the equation. This is still a young team, but it's now an experienced team. Look, they expect to win now. Uh, Ozzy Albies is still in his mid twenties. Acuna's still a kid. Dansby Swanson's still uh, a relatively young player in the major leagues. Riley's just getting started. They've got Pache and Waters who are coming. Uh, through the farm system, then you go through the rotation, accepting Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Max Fried, Mike Soroka, who we hope will come back. This is still a very young team, but they've been in the playoffs now four years in a row. So they expect to get there. And, and I've always felt that sometimes you have to learn how not to lose before you learn how to win. Uh, the first trip through the playoffs, the Braves were just happy to be there because the baseball gods tapped them on the shoulder a year early, and boom, there they were. 2019, they, they get to the playoffs and, and, you know, get knocked out by the, you know, get knocked out. 2020, first year they win a playoff series in over 20 years and then, you know, came to within one game of knocking off L.A. and fell short. Now they're up 2-0 on the Dodgers, and I think they've learned collectively from all of these experiences as to what they are, what they aren't, and knowing that they have to play really clean, solid baseball to beat a team as accomplished as L.A. They haven't done that yet in the first two games of this NLCS, and I think that's what's encouraging for the Braves. They've got nothing from Freddie Freeman. They're walking too many people. <laughs> they're missing out on opportunities to score, but yet they're up 2-0. So if they can put it together and if they can start to click, then I think the Braves feel very good about right. their chances that... in these last, uh, hopefully, three or four games they play. Chip, that's where I wanted to go next. Um, obviously, as you allude to, they, we're talking with Chip Carey. They've been here before. Just a year ago, they were up 2-0, and they were ultimately up 3-1 in the series against the Dodgers before they ended up falling short. This is a loaded Dodgers team still that we're talking. I mean, they get to throw Walker Bueller in Game Three of the NLCS, mm -hmm. right? Like this is this is still a, a, overwhelming what they present. How is it different well, in, this time? One way it is, I, you know, I think uh, a couple things that, that are different about the Dodgers. One, they don't have Max Muncie, who's an MVP candidate. He's hurt. Uh, he's not going to play in this series. Number two, uh, the Dodgers don't have three Cy Young Award winners that they plan to be in their rotation or part of their pitching staff available to them. David Price, Clayton Kershaw, and Trevor Bauer. They're not pitching for them. As a result, they've had to use Max Scherzer in relief. That cost them in game two. They had to use Urias in relief. That cost them. Uh, that may cost them in game four or five. Uh, I think the one thing that probably will shock a lot of people about this series is the big, bad Los Angeles Dodgers, who are a tremendously talented team, 
their pitching staff is not in order, and the Braves is. You mentioned Walker Buehler. He's a terrific talent. He's a great player, a great pitcher. But the guy, Braves don't have a slouch going either. They've got Charlie Morton. Right. So they feel they can match uh, the Dodgers pitch for pitch, pitcher for pitcher, not just in this game, but for this entire series. Because when the Braves are out in L.A., they have Charlie Morton going tonight. And in all likelihood, Max Fried would pitch in game five if it gets that far. That's a tough task for the Dodgers who are down 2-0, even playing at home. So, yes, there's a tremendous amount of respect for L.A. They have a terrific team. They're an incredibly flexible and well-balanced ball club. But uh, the Braves just somehow, someway right now have, have mojo on their side. Things are going their way, which didn't go their way in the playoff series last year. And most importantly, they've got their pitching lined up the way they like it. With Morton going tonight, and if it gets to Game 7, you've got him available uh, for that game back in Atlanta. So uh, having a two-games-to-none series lead, hugely important. The Braves' goal is to win at least one game out in L.A. If they can do that, they'll feel very good about their chances and take their chances with Ian Anderson and Max Fried in a bullpen game going forward, I think. As we uh, as we mentioned, Nick Markek is not there. The only real connection to the Orioles is their former Orioles pitching coach, Rick Kranitz. Can you tell me a little bit about what he's done uh, for the Braves. It's sort of remarkable to me that here he is at 63 and he's, he's maybe doing some of his best work. Yeah, he's been terrific and it all starts, you know, it, look, it starts with the, uh, shall we say, a good crop of players. Yeah, that helps, right. Yeah, a little bit but, little bit better uh, than what he had in Baltimore in 2008, well, right. by and, the way. Know, and, and I think Rick, Rick's smart enough to understand that. But, uh, you know, some of it is you don't get, get in the way. It's helping guys figure out what their what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and building building up the weaknesses and, and continuing to work with your strengths. I think he has a very steady hand. He's an old school guy. He's able to blend the, the modern analytics and, and all of the things that are a big part of today's game with good old fashioned look, get ahead and account, work fast, change speeds and throw strikes. And uh, I think he's got a very steady hand, a very steady pulse on what these guys are trying to do. And the players and pitchers love him. And look, I, I think a great endorsement for any coach or a manager is what people say in the previous spots he worked. Go ask Aaron Nola if he liked working with Rick Kranich. Yeah. Look at the body of work for Aaron Nola since he's left. He's not been the same guy. So, uh, look, we're very fortunate to have Rick here. Great dude. You guys in Baltimore know him very well. And uh, as he, he would be the first to say, he's got a terrific stable of pitchers to work with here and more on the way, which uh, makes all of us excited in Atlanta. All right, Chip Carey, I'll leave you on this one. The Braves will finish the job. That we'll, we'll all be happy here, and the Braves will win the World Series. So not just the NLCS. The Braves will win the World Series if blank. Uh, if blank. Uh, one, uh, it's going to have to be a couple of blanks. One, uh, they have to diversify the offense. They can't live and die with a home run. Number two, their starting pitching has to pitch. Uh, you know, and get a little deeper in the game. Sure. And three guys like Tyler Matzik and Luke Jackson, who have pitched in just about every game in this series, uh, they can't have, they can't flop. They've, they've got to be able to protect leads and get the ball to Will Smith. Uh, if they do that, they feel like they have as good a chance as anybody. And as I said before, they haven't played their best baseball yet in this series with the Dodgers, and hopefully that trend will turn starting in Game 3 tonight. And, and it won't hurt if Ron Washington keeps having balls of steel around third base. He's man. the best, man. Uh, uh, you know, I, I said on our post-game show that Ron Washington won the Braves Game 2. No uh, doubt. That kind of sums up what this team is. They're aggressive. They're in your face. They're going to swing the bat early in the count. When they get hits, it's great. When they don't, it's exasperating. But that's who they are. That's what they're about, and they're not about to change in the postseason, even against a team as talented as L.A. Chip Carey, a pleasure. Know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking a couple minutes for us. And seriously, pleasure, go, go Braves. We'll see, go we'll Braves. I love it. Go Braves. No Keep doubt, man. Right, Thank guys. you, Chip. Chip Carey checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that as again. Yeah, we're huge Braves fans. 
right now moving forward. We are big time Braves guys, as uh, they um they are the 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 best of all possible circumstances that are left by far in the baseball playoffs. So may that continue. Again, that's a weird thing. They're playing that game at five o'clock. Don't under, the game's in L.A. It's the it's the series that has a West Coast team, and that's the one that's playing at five o'clock today. I just I don't I mean I, I can understand originally it might have been scheduled a certain way because there was a possibility this being game four in the American League there was the chance that this could be a clinch game and if it's a clincher you want it to be the primetime game because that maybe gets a little bit more eyeballs I guess but um, it's not a clinching game and it's got two teams that are in the central and eastern divisions so why you wouldn't start that game at six o'clock. And then the NL game at 9 o'clock, because it's out on the West Coast, I haven't the foggiest. Couldn't tell you. But that's the story. NLDS game, or NLCS game tonight at 5 o'clock, and then the ALCS game is at 8 o'clock. It's just what it is, man. It's what it is. I don't make the decisions, believe it or not. They didn't even bother to ask me my opinion about the subject, which is really weird. I'm I'm very confused as to why don't they, they do know that. who you are. Seriously, I I was planning my and I was planning my night around it, and I'm not totally gonna miss both of them because I've got the Tyus Bowser show tonight. You're Glenn freaking Clark. You're an I, w- I would prefer the later. I am a later guy. I'd prefer the later. Like I w- it, it would be better for me if it was six and nine o'clock. I would prefer. I guess. Because the the pace that these games are being played at, by the way, the eight o'clock game will probably go until after midnight. My God, could these games be taking any longer during the course of these postseasons? These games are taking forever. Some of the longest baseball games I've ever seen in my life. Did you watch that? I think it was Game Two of the Astros White Sox. And it had been two and a half hours. Oh, and it was only like the fourth inning. It or was something like the like fourth that. inning. Yeah. It was. I, I thought the game started uh, like late. It was insane. ridiculous, it, bro. It's insane. I have no idea what this is all about, but these games are taking forever. Go Bravos, though. Let's go Braves. Yes, sir. Big Braves. I was like, as a kid, and you and I are similar ages. Uh, when, when, like, you only had so many channels available to you. TBS was one of them, and so you were regular. Like, I was. I was a regular viewer. I was an early '90s Braves guy. Those were those are. I was into those teams. I was into Jeff Blauser and Francisco Cabrera and Sid Bream, baby, the Bream team. I was all in on those early '90s Braves teams. Chipper Jones was the first Hall of Famer whose career I saw in its entirety from start to finish, thanks to TBS in 1995. Okay. I mean, they, they went away. I don't remember what year the Braves broadcasts went away, though. Like, what year did they stop doing Braves broadcasts every May- night on TBS? Maybe early 2000s. Yeah, But it was like because that. of the broadcast on TBS that I continued to follow the Braves and you continued to the, follow okay. Chipper Jones. They were kind of like my National League team when I was a kid because they were always on TV. Well, I was a couple years ago when both uh, Marcakis and Flaherty were there. I was like, man, I'm oh, hell yeah. On being a Braves guy, unfortunately, neither one of them are there. It'd be, it would be, it would, that would, that would kind of be a bummer that like the Braves after the year after Marquez is gone, like that would be the year that they would win a World Series and he missed out on it by one season. And I, I was to understand they would have had him back. He just, you know, he decided he was done. And yeah. then, you know, God bless you, make it to make that decision. That's where he was in life. And if I remember correctly, the pandemic. Nick, Nick's such a mercurial dude that like it's. It can't. Nothing about it can be surprising. It can't be right. surprising that he just sort of walked in one day and was like, "Eh, I'm good. That's, I'm, I'm out." That's who he is. As long as Correct. he gets to spend time with his family and in, in a hunting stand out in the woods, I think he's good. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. 
All right, hour number one of today's show also brought to you by the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back on Thursday. I had a bunch of... I mentioned a particularly terrible trade offer that was made to me yesterday. I also had somebody trying to swap. They wanted to give me Terry McLaurin for DeAndre Swift, and I'm like, mm, Terry McLaurin doesn't have a quarterback. Like him as a player, good player, doesn't have a quarterback. Not sure I want him. So I countered with, I offered both. So I'm trying to get, this is a dirty little secret. I hope nobody in this league's listening. Well, I hope that, I hope anybody's listening. I, uh, I'm trying to trade away Dalvin Cook because it's my last year that I get to keep him in that league. I would have to put him back into the pot after the end of this year. So I'm trying to acquire someone of value for Dalvin Cook that I can keep for three more years. So I'm trying to swap Dalvin Cook for Devontae Adams, basically, is what I'm trying to do because then I'd be able to keep Devontae Adams for the next three years. Now there's risk in that because I don't know who his quarterback is going to be moving forward. And Devontae Adams is a bit more valuable with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback than I would assume that he would be with Jordan Love or whoever else it might be moving forward. But I'm trying to I'm trying to pull off that trade because I don't I also offered a straight up Dalvin Cook for Alvin Kamara trade yesterday because the Alvin Kamara guy is also in the final year. He would have to give Alvin Kamara up after this year. So I'm like, dude, seems like a pretty logical trade for us to make. Both of us can't keep the guy moving forward. Why don't we just give up a straight up swap right here? No, it makes it makes perfect like sense. You still get do. get to keep a top tier. See, Devontae Adams, man, he scares me. He he's uh, he's so skinny. No, I that part doesn't scare me. But, but I just feel like he's an injury waiting to happen. Oh, maybe I don't know, but that hasn't been a big issue for him. Like, not, it's not not something. yet. Okay, but, but there are other under there are other wide receivers that aren't you know me, they, they don't all look like um, DK Metcalf. Like, he looks like Kevin Durant in football pads. Oh man, I hear you. I mean, I, 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 I he's not as tall, obviously. No, yeah, as, but he's as skinny. I haven't looked very closely at Devontae Adams' legs and know if they're quite as chicken leggy as uh, Kevin oh, that, Durant's are. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, I just I just need to I need to make a swap with Dalvin Cook because I don't want that. It's uh it's sitting on an asset and not wanting that asset to expire and you didn't get anything for it. It's a baseball team that's not going to be able to re-sign their guy at the end of the year. You got to make a move before the trade deadline. You got to get something for him, and I don't want it to be using the LDS. That would be very bad news if all I get for Dalvin Cook is using the LDS. He's in 300 in the Arizona Fall League. Wonderful. May he become a thing again at some point. I'm not <laughs> betting on it. Not uh, betting I'm on I'm done it. with it myself. Pressbox Fantasy Football Show this Thursday morning, 1130 a.m. with KZ. It's brought to you by CCBC as well as our friends at Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation. We will see you then. Come back in. i got to finish this. Paul's been nervous about finish this for some time because he says he's not good at it. That's the point. You're not supposed to be good at it. We'll do that next. Um, finish this, and then uh, coming up in hour number two, Aditi Kinkabwala and Rob Ambrose, Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman, and you can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Continuing in hour number one of the program, it's also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available right now, and it is wonderful. It is delicious. The chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage platter, <sighs> brewer sausage sandwich, the apple cobbler, all of it so incredible. Get over to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. You can order online at glorydaysgrill.com. All of these meals pair well with one of their many Oktoberfest beers on draft or uh, also an Angry Orchard. Again, glorydaysgrill.com. Love them so bad. Um, John, I, yeah, the Braves broadcast haven't been on TBS in a long time. I don't know exactly when it was, but it's been a long time since the Braves broadcast have been on uh, TBS. I, I I don't know what the reasoning was. I'm guessing, like, major league. It, w- it was such an inherent advantage to the Braves that I'm going to guess that a lot of other major league baseball teams weren't thrilled about it. Like, that the Braves were creating all these fans across the country, and every, all these other teams are like, yeah, well, we would like, we would like to be in those markets too. And I'm going to guess that it's something to do with the reason why they had to stop carrying all the Braves games on TBS. They just do a Sunday. The only baseball TBS has in the regular season, they have a Sunday afternoon game of the week. Um, that's it. And then they have the postseason, obviously, for a couple of rounds. But, um, no, they don't carry the Braves every night anymore and spend some time. Also, I, it says, I'm, it's really strange how I'm rooting for Boston to beat Houston. That makes one of us, John. The stench of the Astros and their entitled attitude rubs me the wrong way. They're a pompous bunch. I, I mean, I I mean, I, I don't know how you don't – do you not see entitlement? Like, I, I see that from the Red Sox and their fans more than I've seen it from – I see more entitlement from Red Sox fans than I ever saw from Yankees fans. Like, dealing with Red Sox fans was always more insufferable than even dealing with Yankees fans. 
Um, that being said, I, as I've said a million times, I know that for a lot of other people, I'm seeing this, well, I'm not sure who to root for in this series. And I get that what you're saying is, I've decided I hate the Astros because of what happened a couple of years ago. And I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. I, all I'm trying to say is that I don't feel the same way, and I never have, because it was, I, as I always try to explain to people, I, people cheat in our Thursday night kickball league that we play in Hartford County. The notion that Major League Baseball players who had hundreds of millions of dollars at stake were all going to get together and say, hey, but we're not going to try to steal signs, right? Right, guys? We're not going to do that is absurd. It's an absurd thought process that the Astros were the only team that was doing it. And we found out very quickly they weren't. Now, their system, their scheme was the one we had the most information about and was the one that was the most coordinated and, in a lot of ways, the one that was most laughable because it involved the banging of the trash cans and all that. Um, but there was a reason why, you know, Alex Cora got in trouble, too. There's a reason why other people got in trouble in all of this. The notion that the Astros were the only team that was stealing signs or that and this is what I... I have no problem with Brandon Hyde screaming at Robbie Ray a couple weeks ago because, you know, he's the manager of the Orioles, and so why do I care? Do I think it's implausible that the Orioles were trying to steal signs? Not at all. I, not even for a second. Doesn't that make you sad, though? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, yeah, no. they steal signs. They're, they're, they're that bad? Maybe, but I think everybody's doing it. And the, it ultimately, at the end of the day, the players are still bad. I don't think the Orioles are stealing signs and not good while other teams aren't. Like, I, the, the players aren't good. All of the other teams are trying. I still think it's an even playing field. I think everyone's trying to steal signs. Everyone. I don't think there's a team in baseball that hasn't attempted to steal signs, that hasn't you know, been, been approached with an idea and said, well, no, we cannot do that. In fact, as we all know, it was kind of considered part of baseball, right? There are legendary stories about guys sitting in the outfield, and that was part of their job. It's just that this one involved technology, which was what we considered to be on, beyond the pale for whatever reason. For whatever reason, the way the Astros did it was the one that we considered to be on the pale when everyone else had their own systems for stealing signs that have gone back. If you read, um, oh, God, what was the book? What was the recent book about the Astros scandal? And I read it, too. Jesus Christ. There was a book that just came out last year. Like a Yankees writer wrote it. Astros scandal well, book. Isn't that ironic? Well, it was a New York-based baseball writer, Andy Martino. It was called Cheated, the Inside Story of the Astros Scandal and a Colorful History of Sign Stealing. And the, the book details that sign stealing has been a part of baseball as long as baseball has been a part of baseball. Yes, the Astros thing was over the top. But the idea of stealing signs, not remotely over the top. It's, it's just part of the game. People were flabbergasted when this happened. They were they were so upset. Oh, it was. And I'm a baseball. We all know I'm a baseball yeah. guy. I, I guess it moved the needle, but not a lot for me because I just expected that all teams are doing it didn't this. Didn't move you, the you needle for me in any way. Like, like they said, I was like, oh no way. You know what I right. mean? Like like right. Duh, this is happening. Of course, of course, this is happening. Of course, imagine having access to all this technology and being like, "But we definitely aren't going to do that." Right. Like it's just an honor among thieves type of thing. Like, well, we all agree we're not going to cheat, right? Yeah, sure, we're totally not going to cheat, guys. Definitely not going to do that. I mean, so I just can't. I can't get as worked up about the Astros as everybody else can. Do I think they're, you know, they're all likable guys? No, not in any way. But do I think the Red Sox are likable? Of course not. And they're the Red Sox. 
How is this hard? I ain't rooting for them. Never will. And if that means I gotta, I, like, I don't want to root for the Astros, and as long as the Astros play the Braves in the World Series, it sure as F won't be rooting for the Astros. But when they're playing the Red Sox, it ain't close. It ain't close for me. I'm rooting for the team that ain't the Red Sox. Period. That's the way it's gonna go for me. I'm not telling you what to do with your life. Yeah, y'all, y'all can make your own choices, and you know, I hope you make good ones. Uh, I hope that uh, you, you know, you wear a rubber, whatever it is. Yeah, that's what I hope you do with your life. Lens PSA. I got nothing else. All right, uh, let's do a finish this. Uh, you'll find this in uh, power rankings, which are up right now at pressboxonline.com. I'll give away that the Baltimore Ravens check in at number three this week. Make the jump up to the top three. Number three in this week's power rankings are the Baltimore Ravens. Probably not that hard to figure out who the two teams are ahead of them, but I would still encourage you to go to pressboxonline.com and look at this week's NFL power rankings which are now available. All right, uh, this comes to us from the Miami Herald is where this comes from us. Who, um, a Florida man. Uh, you know, I'm going to make this very simple for you because we're easing your way into these. We'll, we'll, we'll make them harder as we go along. A Florida man seen, was seen blanking his blank. That blank is two words. His was seen blanking. His blank, two words, while blank, to blank. A Florida man was seen blanking his blank, two words, while blank, to blank. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, you can do this. Again, they don't, they don't have to make any sense. Do I have this to is, do the, the whole sentence? Or can yes. I guess where, where no, 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 no. You, you put together, it's a Mad Lib. Right. Just, but don't worry about it making sense or that one, don't worry about any of that. You're, you're, you're trying too hard in that. The point of this is that it's silly. Florida man was seen shaking his left fist while trying to drive. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> No, and I'm trying to make it figure out if that even worked. While what a, a Florida man was seen blanking his blank blank, while blank. If it's to well, I'm trying to make sure. No, it it there's no ing there. You added an ing on the second. The first one the the first one has an ing, but you said trying to drive. There's no ing on that blank. the The first one does. The first blank has an ing on it. You added an ing. Oh, I just thought I could pick any two words. I, didn't I mean, know. you can, but I, I promise if it's an ing, I give it to you. Gotcha. All right? Or if it's plural, I give it to you. Like, in those certain circumstances, I promise I will give those to you. All right? Go try one more time. <sighs> Florida man was seen stroking his furry wall while... Moshing to Metallica. I, I mean, I like it. I'm a big fan of Out of Snow myself. Uh, big Out of Snow guy, but unfortunately, that is not the correct answer. Give me a number one to five. Three. Oh, it's going to give you two. Son of a bitch. Uh, mower. Mower is blank number three. Riding his lawnmower. Mm-hmm. While... Florida man was seen riding his lawnmower while. Oh man. Um, 
Any anything at all. Anything at all. While thrusting to pickles. I, are you like two is in like the number two? Is that where you've gone with this now? I like that. <laughs> well, like he's. I appreciate that. I just keep going back to a Florida man thing that I heard Jeremy Khan say on the radio that was pretty awful. Well, I mean, there's a lot of pretty awful things that happen in Florida, for what it's worth. There's yeah. no shortage of these things. It's it's driving, but I'll give you riding. It's the same thing, so I'm giving that to you. Florida man was seen driving his lawnmower while blank to blank. I it, I think what you, what what's going to be a problem here is they're two separate thoughts. I think you're combining there's there's while blank to blank while. Oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. That's awful. Um, dude, you get you know you can't give it a shot. Yeah, I can't. I definitely yeah, cannot yeah, give yeah. it a shot. Yeah, I definitely bad. know my what bad. the answer is. Yeah, Florida man was seen driving his lawnmower while. The point again. Remember, the point is not to get it right. Like you got to understand, that's not the point of this bit. Is to get it right. The point is the silliness. The point is that we end up saying very silly things en route to getting to the thing that's also very silly. While, see, and it can't be an ink because you would have given me the ink. That's correct. But again, while. remember, they're two separate thoughts. He was he was blank while he was riding the lawnmower, and he was riding the lawnmower to somewhere else. Oh, they're two separate thoughts. But again, don't obsess over getting it right either. Florida man was seen driving his lawnmower while face to back. You're still doing. You're still making it one. They're two separate. They're two. He was all right. You know what? It, it's not well written either. I'll give you that. It's not well written. See, this is what I was talking but, about. Where I said I'm but, bad at this. But but this is. But you're still obsessed with my, getting it right. My like, that's brain. The, like that's cramps. the problem. You're too worried about getting it right and not just going with it and being silly. It's getting right is. You, there are no points that come from that. We will not put your uh, name up on the wall as employee of the month for getting these things right. Getting right does nothing for us. The idea is just to say silly things and for that to take the conversation places. Okay. I guess I'm just not good with the silliness, which is weird because Laura would say the exact opposite. But so, again, it's his, Paul's wife is named Laura. It's always very important. Not everybody knows that. I know that, but not everybody knows that. Well, I guess they can assume. Well, they, right? You can, but they might assume other things too. They might be your she's mother. My fir- she's my third grade teacher. <laughs> Correct. It could be anything. It could be your wife and your third grade teacher. Uh, that's happened before, unfortunately, in this country. Florida man was seen driving his lawnmower while intoxicated to Georgia. You know what? Drunk was the answer, so you got everything else. He was going to 7-Eleven was where he was going. Florida man seen driving his lawnmower while drunk to 7-Eleven on the highway, by the way. is probably part of this that I could have added in there somehow. It just wasn't in the headline. He was driving it on the highway. Uh, we know there are various ways to get around in Florida besides your souped-up sports car. There's Uber, Scooter, even walking. But a lawnmower? That is what a passerby in Lehigh Acres recently saw, a man motoring to 7-Eleven on a lawnmower on State Road 82. The photo was sent to local station NBC2. This is a legit thing, a man in his lawnmower pulling up to a 7-Eleven. As you see right there, that's a thing that really happened. Neighbors uh, told the TV station that the man who is not identified often does this for fun. Whatever the reason, driving a lawnmower on public roads is illegal. Don't do it. A motor vehicle requires the proper lights, turn signals, registration, and a license plate. Lawnmowers don't have any of that. 
Also, lawnmowers can only go up to five miles an hour, not exactly keeping up with the traffic flow on a state road. That doesn't mean people in Florida don't cut their grass and then cut into traffic. Things that happen, unfortunately. So can you get a D- uh, You can get a DUI on a bike. Most certainly can. But the bike can go faster than the lawnmower. Yes. Can you get a DUI on a lawnmower? If you're getting I hit by, you, by a lawnmower. I 100% get a DUI on a lawnmower. 100. If you're driving on a road. You can probably get a DUI on a skateboard then. You on can, anything. 100, 100% if it causes danger. Um, you can get public intoxication charges when you're just walking. These are things that can occur. If you're drunk driving your lawnmower in your own lawn, you cannot. Yeah, everybody drinks Can't a beer get a while mowing well, lawns. Well, I mean, it's a different thing to drink a beer. And get, I still wouldn't recommend doing it drunk. It's not something, I mean, blackout drunk, it would be a bad idea to be on your lawnmower. Drinking a beer, no problem whatsoever. I still wouldn't recommend it, but you cannot get a DUI on your own lawn while you are mowing. That is not something that can occur. All right, hour number one of the show is in the books. Finish This was also brought to you today by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing Underdog, I don't know what you're waiting for. It is so much fun. Go to underdogfantasy.com right now. Use the code PRESSBOX, and when you sign up and deposit $10 or more, we'll give you $10 free to play with. It's that simple. They've got all the daily and weekly weekly fantasy games that you've grown accustomed to, but they also have player props, parlays, things that make you feel more like you're actually betting. That's all available with Underdog Fantasy Football. Again, underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app in order to play now. Aditi Kinkabwala was in Baltimore for Ravens Chargers. We'll talk to her next. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by Pressbox. Great Eights memorabilia and true strong services. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? 
Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Into hour number two of the show. Always a pleasure to welcome our next guest back to the program. She's a friend of ours and one of my favorites. Of course, also the host of NFL Explained, which is my singular favorite podcast the NFL Network. She's a Didi Kinkabwala, and she's back with us on GCR after she was in Baltimore on Sunday. What's going on, Didi? How are you, my friend? You really actually listen to the podcast, or are you just acting you know, like You know, damn, I listeners? sent you a text the night I was driving down. We did a show with <laughs> Tyus Bowser one night. The last time you were on, I was doing a show with Tyus, and it was my accompaniment. I listened to the Justin Tucker episode on the way down to doing the show, and then just this past week, I listened to the Kurt Warner episode. I'm I'm absolutely all in on NFL Explained. You know that. I sent you a picture. I sent you a picture proving that I listened to the show, Aditi. Well, I thought it was just the one time. No, I, I promise. I actually now I told, a listener. You think I'm going to lie to you? I thought we were better. I thought we were better than that. I thought we were friends. I, well, we are friends. I Do you was, never lie to any of your friends ever? trying to think about it. Only about why I need to leave a party. That's the only thing that I lie about anymore. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're a mother, so you probably know all about this. I definitely... You know, it's I, very funny you say that, but I actually was just having this conversation with a former Steeler okay. about how Steelers fans would rather be lied to than hear the truth. <laughs> Are you saying this in relation to what happened at the end of the fourth quarter where... They think they got screwed, and there no, definitely not. was still a second on the clock. Uh, I just mean, in general, it's almost like, that's pretty you know, fun. are you the type of football fan that really wants to know the truth about the state of your team or about the players who wear your favorite uniform, or would yeah. you rather just blithely believe Right, I want to right, you know, believe what I want to believe. Flowers. Yeah, okay, I get that, actually. I don't know if that has to be unique to Steelers fans. There is, there is a part of me... That like the, the when I you know as a child growing up as a sports fan, there are things that I would have rather not known about certain people than unfortunately I had to find out uh, working in this business over the years. Um, so I sort of get that, but I definitely do the bit where I'll be like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta get the kids or something like that, and I promise you, I've got a sitter for the night. I do not need to go get the kids. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> using it as an excuse because I my time at this party has expired. I need to go. I definitely play that. But see, why is that so bad to be like? You know what? I'm just so tired, or but, I'm just not feeling it anymore, or you know, like it's been fun, but you, you, I'm not gonna be having any fun anymore. You're right, but I. You you know what I've noticed? That's that's going to take 15 minutes. There, this is what I've noticed over the years. There's going to be a 15 minute back and forth about that. Well, well, why? You know, why don't you stick around? You never come. Like you're going to have to deal with some of that. Where when you say it about your kids, it's 15 seconds. If you use the kids as the reason why you got to go, there is no retort whatsoever. Everybody says, "Oh, I totally understand. We'll see you next time." So 
it's to me about saving the 15 minutes in the process of me trying to negotiate with people about why it is that I'm leaving. Wow. Yeah. I've put some real thought into this, Aditi. I've put in some real, I've been a real issue for me as I've become a parent. I'm surprised that's not something that you've done. I'm surprised that you've never found yourself in a similar conundrum where it was just easier to use the kids as an excuse. I mean, I do um, sometimes. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right. Um, I mean, but that's reality. Anyway, okay, yeah. so we digress. Yeah. That's not what you really actually but, want to talk about. Well, I do about, want so people I to listen. I, but I do want people to listen to NFL Explained, which is a tremendous podcast. And I enjoyed it a great. And I thought that, by the way, I love the Kurt Warner episode because I thought it was a fascinating concept. What does a work week actually look like for NFL players? I thought that was a great concept for a podcast. I love Well, that. I appreciate that. And today we dropped another one. We have now moved to Tuesdays. And today's is. What do NFL players actually eat? And we had Joe ooh, Thomas on. Ooh. And so we went through, you know, like last week on average, last year on in an average week, how many pounds of strawberries does an NFL team eat? How many pounds of peanut butter does an NFL team eat? The way that nutrition has evolved in the NFL world. And then Joe Thomas, who had to eat like it was his job. Because unfortunately for him, when he was playing, or maybe fortunately for him, his struggle was not keeping the weight off. It was keeping the weight up. Right. And so, therefore, he had to eat like it was his job. Yeah. I'm running through, you know, how he would eat and what he would eat and what he would do. And some of it seemed ridiculously fun. Some of it actually felt awful. And um, anyway, it's an interesting episode because you don't really think about, you know, like, most of us have the opportunity to eat for pleasure yep. and eat for sustenance, mm-hmm. but some people really do need to eat to fuel, to fuel a certain purpose, and eating is a very, very thoughtful enterprise. If I'm about to lift weights, what do I eat? If I'm about to get on the practice field, what do I eat? If I'm getting off the practice field, what do I eat? Interesting. It's, it's anyway, fascinating. I thought it was it's, interesting. No, I think it's fascinating. I will so I, check it out. I will look forward to it. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that you didn't have our friend Bradley Bozeman do that episode, so he could tell you about how many uh, banana mayonnaise sandwiches he eats during the course of the week because he's a psychopath. It's a shame that he wasn't that guest. But this is I a. I did not yeah, know it's, that he did that. Yeah, but at, you know what? I don't like mayo. What, I don't like mayo what, at all. What is to like? You and I are so in agreement on this. There is nothing <laughs> to like about mayonnaise. It's gloop. It's awful. There is, it adds nothing. There is nothing. And what is the nutritional value of nothing. mayonnaise that he's eating mayonnaise and. and no, banana. this was. It was a. It, honestly, the only story is it was like a struggle meal when he was a kid and he just fell in love with it and continued. Continue to eat like and, and you know you've been to the facility the, the, the Ravens facility you can walk in and have whatever you would possibly want um, they have wonderful people like it's it's always a pleasure when I have a meeting that re- it requires me to sit in the Ravens cafeteria uh, because I know I'm going to eat quite well and he walks in and asks for banana mayonnaise sandwiches it's the man is a psychopath. The man is. All right, well, the next time I talk to him, him, I'm going to have to ask him about them. Like, banana yeah. peanut butter is delicious, but banana yeah. mayonnaise? Yeah, it's real, it's real weird. All right, uh, what you saw on Sunday tells you more about the Ravens, tells you more about the Chargers, or tells you more that the NFL is super weird and you never know what might happen from one week to the next? Well, didn't I just see somebody say that, that the NFL is really a tremendous reality show? Yeah. I will tell you this, though. I felt really, really good about what I saw from the Ravens. I thought it was an unbelievably complimentary game. And the defense, first of all, played so much better. I I keep saying this. Last week, I talked to Keenan Allen, and we were talking in preparation for the game, Keenan Allen, of course, being the wide receiver, the veteran wide receiver for the Chargers. And we were talking about the Ravens not really, you know, playing Raven-esque defense. And that 
while for years I've always said, oh, the Ravens don't rebuild, they just reload. Right now I'm wondering if they actually really need to rebuild. And Keenan Allen said to me, no, 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 no. It's still the Ravens. Expect the expected. And then what did we see? We saw a Ravens defensive effort. And I had a coach, I also said this yesterday, I had a coach, a defensive coach around the NFL and a team other than the Ravens team, text me during the game Hmm. to say, wow, Wink is calling a really great game. Hmm. That's Hmm. the fake blitzes, the matchups, the, you know, and they didn't rely on the blitz as much as they have. That's something that I talked about with Jimmy Smith last week, that maybe, you know, teams were kind of figuring out how much they were blitzing. I think they were a little bit more judicious in how they blitzed, and that had a greater impact. Um, Moving Josh Bynes to what had been Patrick Queen's spot and having Josh Bynes do more of the communicating. You heard some of the guys say that that really actually made a difference. Um, And again, when we talk about complimentary football, I love the way that the Ravens ran the ball. They were physical. They were dominant. They sucked time. I mean, they were clock eaters. And even though Justin Herbert and that offense can score quickly, they didn't possess the ball that much, you know? And so, like, as you're constantly falling behind and you don't have time, it's not only the math, it's the psychological effect of that. So I just, you know, I thought the Ravens played a really, really, really great game. I love the attitude afterwards where John Harbaugh was just like, all right, whatever, it was one good day. Like, it just means that today we were good and we had a good day. That Lamar Jackson, I asked him after the game, just beating another you know, one of the elite AFT teams, a four and one team, does that add anything more? And he's just like, no, not really. Yeah. A win is a win. God, and so you sort of appreciate that. He's too, the best, that right? It's not a, you know, let's get too high, let's get too low sort of thing. I, I love that. I mean, it's part, of, it's one of, the, you know, there's a billion things we love about that dude, and that's very high on the list that he's just like, nope, he's, it's the ultimate, nobody cares, work harder, right? Like, it's just the yeah. way that he lives his life. Aditi Kinkabwala is with us from NFL Network. Um, Aditi, they, they have the best record currently in the AFC. Are the Baltimore Ravens the best team in the AFC? They are one of the best. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I, look. We're I think it's too soon. I you get know, it. Like, six are, games in. Are they the best that. team on this day? Perhaps, you know, but I, um, I'm not ready. It still feels like there's a lot of football to be played. There is. There's a lot of season to be had. I mean, are are you ready to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the middle, nope. middling teams? Not at in all. The NF, in the AFC? Nope. So I'm not ready to write off the Browns. I mean, they have a huge injury bug right now. But I was talking to Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, who, you know, works with us. Yep. Who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, who was in the Ravens organization for a long time. He does color for the Chargers broadcast, and he was talking. So he had seen the Browns in person. He's seen the Cowboys in person. And he was saying that the Browns are by far one of the most talented teams he's seen and definitely more talented than the Cowboys. But right now, Baker Mayfield is in a massive amount of pain. Kareem Hunt is now out for a while. Nick Chubb has been hurt. You know, they've been racked by the injury bug. And we don't need to tell Ravens fans about yeah. what I mean. I mean, yeah, those six, running backs. Those cor- running backs. Correct. By the way, like I thought it was five years ago. Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell, my old friend Le'Veon Bell, are scoring touchdowns. I felt five years younger, Glenn. Yeah, the world. The world. It's a weird world, isn't it? It's a weird world. And that's you know, Aditi. I'm gonna tell you. That's the part that I'm struggling with too. Is I can't figure out. You know, if because a week ago I said I think the Ravens needed to look to trade for a running back, right? I you know just what we had seen at that point. I. I, I, I thought they needed to trade for a running back. And I can't figure out if the story on Sunday 
was these guys finally coming into their own versus a Chargers run defense that we knew coming in had been really bad. And I, I'm not I'm not sure where I feel. I don't know if that was enough for me to say, well, I was wrong. They don't need to trade for a running back. They got all their guys. Or, you know, if, if next week it might not look the same because they don't get to face the Chargers defense again. Well, the Chargers run defense is indeed terrible. They play a light box more than anybody else, meaning only six guys in the box. The Chargers just don't want you to beat them, you know, over the top down the field with the big explosive play. But the flip side to that is Lamar Jackson back there has any run game and any running back. And, you know, most teams you say the run game is only as good as the line is. Well, I don't know. I feel like I could run for a touchdown. (laughs) On Sunday, you (laughs) might have been able to. Yes. On Sunday, you you might. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) When you're seeing these 30 year old guys that you thought were out of the league, all, you know, everybody eating, why couldn't you run for a touchdown? Why couldn't I run for a touchdown? Um, I don't know if I would have been able to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would have been. Although I am, I am the the twentieth fastest man in Annapolis as the results of the Annapolis 10K bore out. So maybe I can. Maybe that is the wow. case. I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. In an age group? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, adult males. Like I was the twentieth fastest well, adult. Well, adult male is eighteen to eight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. They they might separate eighteen to twenty four in a different category or something like. It was really bizarre. Like I got the result. This was two years ago, and I did this on like a a a, a bet. So that's an old thing. Well, yeah, well, there's been a pandemic. You were the 20th fastest? Yeah. Well, what about now? I don't know how I was the 20th fastest then. There's no chance I would do it again now. Zero chance. There's been a pandemic since then. Not after a pandemic. Correct. It's been good for nobody. Zero chance I'd be able to replicate that. So so do do you have, like, okay, so after seeing them now a couple times, do you have concerns related to the Ravens like this is the thing where we'd all say our concerns are about the injuries our concerns are about the defense our concerns about their ability to run the ball and then they go out and like overcome all these injuries their defense look great and they run the ball so like what what now like what would the concerns be outside of just hey this is an NFL season and goofy things come up well I think you sort of are wondering I think you're wondering about the state of the offensive line. You know, um, we don't know if Ronnie Stanley's coming back. Poor Al, uh, Al Villanueva has been on the injury report every single week. Um, we saw who went down. Bozeman Your buddy did, Brad yeah. Bozeman went yeah. down for a little while, and he did come back. But, you know, so I, th- I think that there's something there. Um, I... I, I'm not going to say you want to see Lamar do it because I'm not the person that doubts Lamar Jackson. And I think that Lamar Jackson's evolution as a thrower every year has been significant. And I think this year was a very big jump. And just his touch, his accuracy, his ability to look off safeties, the way that he is developing chemistry with everyone. You know, like you know that he loves Hollywood Brown and you know that he loves. Mark Andrews, but he was making every effort to go to Rashad Bateman and get the ball to him as well. I I don't worry about the Ravens being turned one-dimensional, which has kind of been a narrative. I don't know that I, you know, like it used to bother me a little bit, but sure, people have been, oh, you just make him one-dimensional. Oh, you force Lamar to win with his arm, and we've seen him win with his arm. Correct. Still, you know, um, I think that's less of a story. I just think it's getting through a season. You know, it's maintaining... With the Ravens, I never, ever, ever worry about maintaining focus or coming out flat. They're just not built like that. That's not who the Ravens are. 
John Harbaugh's teams are always ready. They're always prepared. So it's not that, but you're right. NFL seasons can be goofy. What's next for you? So, what's next for me? I'm coming back to Baltimore. I've got the Bengals nice. with the Ravens. Nice. That, by the way, that looks, That's you know. big right? AFC North game right? right there. It is crazy that we're in week seven and this is the first division game for the Ravens. Like, I, you know, I just thought about that. Like, I don't know if that's ever happened before that we got in this deep into the season before playing the first division game. Yeah, but you know what? I kind of like it because, frankly, and I know it's a cliche, but, you know, like players love to say division games count twice. Right. So, like, warm up to it. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. As opposed I to, like, I get think it. about the Browns team. The Browns and the Ravens opened last year, week one. Yep. That Browns team was a nothing. Yeah, wildly. Like they were the wildly team different. That it turned yep. into it. Yeah, as we yeah. saw. As we saw, the Ra- the second Ravens, the first Ravens Brown game was a butt kicking. The second Ravens Brown game might have been the, the game of the year last year in the NFL. Yeah, but, like, exactly. And you, it, I mean, it was the game of the year. Yeah. In my mind, it was the game of the year. But the, the Browns had an all new coaching staff. They had not had any sort of offseason together. It was a new offense. It was a new play. Play caller. It was a new, you know, new everything. They didn't even know what they were doing, and they had no preseason games. So it's like the actual act of calling in plays from the headset. Like, how do you even replicate that? And they're doing that for the first time in a game that counts twice. So, you know, to that point, I just think that it's kind of nice to warm up a little bit and then get into these games, and then it just makes the games feel even bigger. You know, like Bengals Ravens would not feel this big week one. Because I think that there we were, didn't know. There were yeah. still people that yep. were just, ah, the Bengals are the Bengals. Yep. It's a great point. Would no, it's a great point. Baltimore do that? Cause, because people in Pittsburgh are definitely like, ah, the Bengals are just the Bengals. The Bengals are going to Bengals. No, I, and I'm like, what I, is the matter with you? Are you watching Jamar Chase? No, I, I Jamar and, Chase? and Aditi, you know what's funny? Even bad Bengals teams would have weird games against the Ravens over the years, right? Like, even... Well, that's what the magic of the AFC North is, Correct. Really. So I, I, I have gotten the exact opposite this, like, this week, which is... As much as everybody enjoyed the Chargers win, and I was sort of expecting everybody like, well, the Ravens are the greatest team in football. I'm getting almost the ex- like, boy, we're kind of worried. We're a little bit worried. This is the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals always give us trouble, and now they got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and like, I, it's it's interesting to me. Um, I, I think people really here realize that's going to be a problem for a long time in this division. Like, you're going to be going up against those two dudes. And they're right. good. They're really freaking good, man. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are unbelievable. Um, that's going to be a tough matchup for years to come. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing yeah, you then yeah. on Sunday okay. at A. Kinkabwala. Well, am I going to see you? Will I ever see you? I, I got to be in studio on Sundays now, which, like, I, I know you're going to – this is like me with parties. I prefer it that way. I'm oh, totally – Aditi, okay. I'm totally the old man now. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate being this guy. But, like, I, I aged 20 years um, by becoming a father. I, when when they told me I could just stay in studio and do the shows here and not have to go to games anymore, I was like, I kind of prefer it that way. All right, but then. but for what it's worth, I would love to grab like you know a coffee with you or something like that. I would love to do that if you got a minute to do it. I know you're busy when you come to town. All right, you, well let's text offline and maybe okay. we can figure that one out. I love that. Uh, listen to NFL right. Explained. Follow her on Twitter, and she does uh, cameos for charity. Which is a wonderful thing. Go find out about that. I you can. Do. I need to do that more. You're right. I am, and thank you for that plug because I am raising money for uh, organizations that help feed people, and there is so much awesome. food insecurity in America right now. You talk about the pandemic, and we joke about how much we ate, but there's very, very sadly a lot of people who didn't have enough food and still don't have enough food. So I love that. I love that. Please look that up. Yeah. Thank you, Aditi. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for Thanks taking. Thanks so a much for minutes. having me. Take care. Aditi Kingabwala, NFL Network, NFL Explained is the podcast. Appreciate her. And again, 
Uh, she'll be back in Baltimore uh, this Sunday uh, for Ravens Bengals, which is another big. I really did, Paul. I don't know if you've gotten that sense. I have. I, I hang on one second. I got to tell everybody that Window Nation's fall is calling sale is going on right now. Uh, get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Eight six six ninety Nation or WindowNation.com in order to find out more. I, I I get the sense that as good as the Ravens look, and as excited as we are, and they got the best record in the AFC, I have like every comment that I've gotten this week and every is, yeah, but I'm worried about the Bengals. Like it's it's amazing to me. It's almost like we're afraid. It's funny because I. I wrote a column about this yesterday, and I think, I think that um, our buddy Josh Charles understood what I was trying to say, which is like I don't think you should be afraid of acknowledging how good the Ravens are. Like I, I, I'm normally the guy that's here to say like, hey, settle down. It's just one game. It's normally my role. I'm, I try to be that guy instead of being the bombastic hot take artist. Like that's sort of the niche that I've had. Uh, as a host and the reason why I'm here and not, you know, on on some network just spewing nonsense for the sake of spewing nonsense. But I don't think we should be afraid of it in any way. And yet it's almost the opposite that I'm getting, which is I think people are. I think people are afraid to suggest the Ravens really are this good and they're, like, terrified that it's going to come crashing down. I just don't know that we're used to this necessarily of being – the the bullies of being the the big dogs i and i i've totally gotten this vibe this week of yeah but like i'm kind of worried about the Bengals, man they're good like i've gotten this weird vibe about that for me it's um the the whole come crashing down thing is because you watch your team go 14 and 2 rattle off 12 straight wins and then, and then lose, lose the playoffs, playoffs. And, yeah. and, and look terrible doing it okay um with the Bengals, if you look at it on the surface right it's yeah, I'm scared, man. They're four and two. Jamar Chase is tearing it, is tearing it up. Uh, Joe Burrow's a legitimate franchise quarterback, but then you look at who they've played. No, Joe Mixon's been. I, but look, Joe Mixon's I, one of the best I, running backs I don't, in football. I don't like Joe Mixon, but you cannot disagree with the fact that he has been phenomenal as a football player. Yes. He's he's a hell of a football yes. player. Um, but you look at who they've played, and their best win. Is over the Minnesota Vikings. It's fair. They've beaten the Lions. They've beaten the Jags barely. And, and they beat they the Steelers. Sh- people would have said they should have beaten the Packers. If but they, they didn't. Right, correct. But, you and know, and, all and they, they lost to the Bears. So for me, it's look, if the Ravens can go out, look, it's going to be tough, right? It's a division game. Both teams are going to be up for this game. It's, it's going to be a tough matchup. But the Ravens can go out there and do what they did to the Chargers. You can't convince me that they can't do the same thing, that they can't at least beat the Bengals. Well, right. I would be surprised if it's so, if it's as much of a demolishing from, from, oh, it won't be. From from one to 60, right? Like, I would be stunned if it's the type of game where the Bengals were never in it. Now, if it's a game where it's close, you know, it's a a touchdown, maybe a 10 point game at the half, and the Ravens end up winning by 17, 20 points in the end, that maybe wouldn't stun me all that much. But I'd be surprised. The, the Chargers game was never competitive. Right. I'd be surprised if the Bengals game was never competitive. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised by the Ravens winning and winning even convincingly ultimately when it was over. I'd be surprised if it wasn't a game for at least a while. And it wouldn't be surprising at all if it's a game for 60 minutes. It won't, wouldn't surprise me at all. I can't guarantee the Ravens are going to win the game. This is the NFL. The NFL, right. goofy things happen. As you know, a lot of people have pointed out this week, Worse Bengals teams 
have given the Ravens trouble. What I would say then is those were also worse Ravens teams. Yeah, right? that wasn't like, in the Lamar era. Correct. The, we're, the, the, what we're thinking, what we're falling back on, the days where goofy things happened with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green over the years, those weren't against these Ravens teams. Um, so I'm not. I'm not. I, I am I am I scared? Scared would be the wrong word. Do I do I have some concern? Do I think the Bengals are a threat? Yes, one hundred percent. And I believe the Bengals are going to be a threat for some time to come. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is a hell of found a hell of a foundation to build a football team around. They clearly need to do up front more up front. They got to get a better offensive line. Um, they have other things they need to address. But you know, the, the, you, I would assume they are going to address those things. Um, but. But am I? Do I have concern? Of course, I have concern. Do I think there's any world in which I wouldn't expect the Ravens to win? What's the? I haven't seen what the line is yet. Yeah, NFL Week Seven lines. I'm gonna guess it's. I'm gonna guess it's four, four and a half. I'm gonna guess it's something in that neighborhood. Would be my gut about the line for the Ravens game. Oh, for Christ's sakes! What? I I don't know why I ever go any other place. I'm just gonna wander the FanDuel Sportsbook, which is where we get our lines that we use for our picks every week. Here on Glenn Clark Radio, which we, of course, do on Fridays. I had a good week. I went six for six in my NFL picks. And you know what? I was going to bet the – I wasn't going to bet the the Bills to cover last night, but I was going to bet them to win outright, and then I decided at the last moment not to make the bet. So I felt very good about that. Oh, it's six. It's a bold number. Six is a bold number. But am I – do I do I think I'm leaning towards the Ravens? Yep. I think I'm leaning towards the Ravens. It probably would have to be more than a touchdown for me to start having much trepidation about whether or not I was I was going to feel something about the Ravens as far as betting is concerned. It's amazing what a good quarterback can do for a franchise, right? I mean, Joe Burrow's a difference in that franchise. I mean, they have good receivers, but Joe Burrow's a difference in that franchise over the Bengals. When it comes to Ravens fans, we're that beaten dog that you rescue from the shelter where every owner we've had, every every human... Okay. Has hurt us. So, so when okay. so, so when you get close you to us, you know we've us, done a lot of winning over the years, or, right? I say but, we, they've done a lot of winning, but, and we've. But had it's a, that Baltimore fan mentality, right? Yeah, we're all eternal a, pessimists. Well, and there's a chip on their shoulder. There, there's all. I get. I get what you're saying. It's just hilarious considering. Like, think about every other fan base and how insanely jealous it, they would right, be. Right. It's the it's like the when Baltimore we hear Ravens have had Yankees. T- uh, Talk about how they yeah, they haven't a, had happiness in so decade. long, but they also haven't had a losing season since like 1992. All those things are true. All right. Uh, hey, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley, they had a great show catching up with Dan Duquette. And if you missed it, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video and find it there. Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley talking baseball with Dandy Cat. Can't get much better than that. Go find it right now. When we come back in, uh, Towson football got a huge win this weekend, knocking off number 12 Rhode Island. Let's talk about the Tigers with Rob Ambrose next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. 
Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or PressboxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and True Strong Services. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We do Project Game Day every game day during the season. It'll be myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, post game this Sunday after Baltimore, Cincinnati. You're going to want to join us, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. I'm with you at halftime as well on Facebook Live, and it's all brought to you by our friends at Glory Days Grill, as well as Window Nation and Underdog Fantasy Football Project Game Day every game day this season. It was a hell of a game day for the Towson Tigers on Saturday as they took down the number 12-ranked Rhode Island Rams 28-7. Joining us now he is the head coach of the Tigers. He's our friend Rob Ambrose, and he's back with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you. Congratulations on a massive victory, and thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a uh, it was a very good day and a very good homecoming. No doubt about it, man. No doubt. I remember talking to some coach before the season, and I've been talking about how there's been so much offense over the years at Towson. I remember this coach telling me, I think the other side of the ball might be up to, to their end of the bargain this season. I, I'm, I think there might be a little bit more coming from that side of the ball. 
Um, that was unbelievable <laughs> what your defense did on Saturday. I know you had high expectations for them, but did you feel something like that coming? Oh, sure. That did, that everybody's been getting better. The, who we were in the Morgan game is nowhere near who we are right now on either side of the ball. And uh, the defense has played good in stretch, in certain stretches, but uh, it's been relatively inconsistent. Too, mu- too much up and down and not enough steady Eddie. And uh, crisscross applesauce, things seem to get better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for real. And, and the things that we had talked about, the, the detail of it all and being consistent, the details of consistency, the discipline of consistency, uh, finally showed its head. You know, we, offensively, we were good enough to keep the, their offense off the field for an extended period of time, get up on them, make them one-dimensional, make them have to throw all the time, which played in our hands. We can we can rush the passer pretty good, and we cover pretty well. This Christian Dixon fella seems okay. He seems he seems like he's all right. <laughs> uh, yes, he might have. That might have been the best game he's played as a Tiger. And you know, I, I said this in the press conference before. The things that he's been going through with his family and personal life back home in Charlotte's been really, really challenging, really, really difficult. Wow. And uh, he's managed that incredibly well. And kind of got past it a little bit. And when he did, when he finally got clear of it, he just exploded as a player. I mean, that was that was uh, that was a show. That was an absolute show. What what made you guys? You know, you got you you got tested, right? Like we all know, I uh, I brought the family out for the North Dakota State game, which, by the way, what an atmosphere it was. You know, I I know it didn't go your way, but it, I still think it was an incredible thing. That being said, you, you go through that, and you got to go out to San Diego State. What going through that? What did it do to this team, and why did it help them instead of break them going through such a difficult stretch of a couple of games? Yeah, good leadership by our team. That is. They're older guys. They're wiser guys. They've seen a lot of life, and they've seen a lot of football. And they've seen the good. They've seen the bad. We understood stood what the challenge of our schedule was early on going to New England, having to play North Dakota State, having to go to California and back, and then you know get into the grind of the league schedule. It. We talked about it. We talked about what the future is. We talked about what our goals were, and one one bad experience, two bad experiences, that doesn't change your goals. And just keep showing up to work, keep getting better every day. Knew that all the things we said we wanted to achieve were still within our grasp. Just go about the business of doing the work. And instead of taking those things as negatives, they use them to understand where we were as an offense and defense, where we weren't as an offense and a defense, and what we needed to do to get better. And those those experiences help grow them instead of uh, shrink them. He is Rob Ambrose, of course, Towson coming off the big win over Rhode Island. Next up, they're at William & Mary this Saturday at 3.30. Um, Coach, tell me about Chris Ferguson. Tell me about, you know, what you knew. I know when we talked, you, you, again, you still didn't know exactly what the quarterback thing was going to look like. What what was it about him that made him the guy? And, and again, not being maybe the same type of run-and-gun offense, the offense that's going to score 50 points. How is it working with Chris Ferguson to play into what your team's strengths are? Well, it was leadership and experience, uh, two things that he brought to the table that were desperately needed. We didn't have either one of those in the quarterback room at all coming out of the spring. And uh, you know, he's playoff caliber. He's won the league before as a quarterback in our league. Uh, got a lot of experience when he went down to Liberty and came back and brought all that to us. He spent some time really <clears throat> working on learning the playbook, and while he's a smart guy, uh, it really, you know, he was running plays, but I don't think he quite understood everything we were trying to get done in the first two weeks. And then after that, we kind of sit down, 
put two good heads together, and things have gotten progressively better every week. He's been massively efficient. And if you ask the guys up front and the guy, guys in the off in the uh, huddle, he's who they want to play for. Hmm. And there's something to be said about guys like that. I, they make a difference. I don't know off the top of my head. Did he ever have like a massive game against you during his time at Maine? Like, did you have to have an awkward conversation when he arrived? Like, man, I, I'm still not over what you did to us. Did you ever have to have a moment like that? No, because he he got us when they came down here when the year they went to the semifinals, and then the next year we went back up there to their place and got him pretty good. So it was even, they, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, you know, he had great respect for us as a program and the guys we had on our team just going into this thing but he's been a perfect fit it's amazing how how guys like that can do that it's, it takes a special personality to do it we, when we talked before the season coach obviously we were talking a lot about how you know the, the weirdness of everything and 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 what it was going to be like coming back after having not played have you in in the time since then have you gotten a sense for more of the impact of not playing and you know the the benefit for a guy like him who was able to play. Like, have you gotten more of a sense of what the impact of that was? Was there a point in the season in which that didn't matter anymore? Um, the the difficulties that you guys had gone through. I think the previous difficulties that we've gone through we're long past that. All we care about is the goals, and everything else is just an obstacle that you go around. It, it, you don't really worry about that. Uh, the, the the bigger thing, it's not going to show itself in its entirety till the season's over, but you. We knock on wood. We've been able to stay relatively healthy within the war, and I'm watching some of my my colleagues and their teams struggle a little more. And a lot of it had to do with them playing before and us not, and the number of plays and reps that you put on your body in the span of a year. So I'll be very interested to see how that plays out in the wash. But uh, right now we're just going to keep this train rolling, stay focused on the things that are important, and not worry about anything else. Um, tell me what that means now moving forward. Do, do you can 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 goals be recalibrated because of success the last next last couple of weeks? Do you suddenly say, yeah, there's no reason why we aren't that team that can make that deep run into the postseason? Oh, that's been the goal from the very beginning. Talk of winning a conference title. It's been the talk from the very beginning. Um, knowing full well what it takes to get that done in this league, and uh, knocking off the top team in the league certainly gives you confidence as you move forward to towards those goals that you've already communicated. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like at this point, if you can do that, who can't you beat, right? Like that's left on your schedule. I, w- I would think that would be the way that you would be operating now. No, it's that's what we talk about, but it's, it's also we're we're really not talking about our opponents. It's all about us. I get what that. we do every day, you know, we, we've we've committed to as a team to just coming to work and making sure that who we were yesterday, we are better than that today somehow, and we're just trying to get a little bit better every single day, and we've stayed that path for a couple of weeks now, and it's really paying off. You know, I had somebody, I had a listener ask uh, Chris, uh, wanted to know a little bit more about Christian Dixon's story. I'd encourage you guys to go. Ed Lee wrote a story about uh, Christian Dixon and some of what he's been through, losing a number of family members in his life, and. You know, it's it is really powerful to read about and how he's came out about it. And I, you know, I can only imagine, you know, as a, as a coach, like knowing that that pain is real and like what he's been through and 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 how you channel that in your relationship with him. Um, it, it's got to be, you know, a, 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 an interesting relationship that you've had to develop with Christian because of those things. Oh gosh, yes. I I can remember the first day I ever met him, and uh, to say that he and I's relationship's a little bit different than some of the other players I had would be a massive understatement. That the uh, he <laughs> he's got personal relationships with my own dogs, so I'll just <laughs> yeah, like that. We're we're that close. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's really pow- like. Do you hang on? Does he dog sit for you though? Is it like? Is it? No, that? no, we don't go that far. Okay, no. <laughs> right. that is wild though. That's really cool. I mean, that's I mean, obviously, that's a very unique story. That's very neat that uh, that you guys have 
have bonded in that way that you have that personal relationship. All right, so coach, what what still needs to take a step forward, right? Like I would I would think after a big win, everybody's happy, but what still needs to improve now as you get ready for William and Mary on Saturday? Oh, there's all aspects of our game. That you know, there's levels of focus that we you know we lost during some points of the game Saturday, and uh, you know. As I said, in the Stony Brook game, we were better than we were the week before. And against the Rhode Island, we were better than we were the week before. But when we go down to William Mary this weekend, we need to be better than we were last Saturday. And that comes from putting in the work every day, just showing up, putting in the work, and staying committed to the cause. I mean, you know, it all sounds good, so just go do it now, right? Like, that's just the way that it works. It's not magic. It's really, it's not magic. It's a good team with good teammates that care about each other and they care about the game, care about representing this university the right way. And just and there's a different attitude with kids that are a little bit older. You know, I'm talking about the sixth and seventh year kids who have already they've been to the carnival, they've seen the puppet strings, they know the the flash and what's real and what's not, and they know how to achieve success. And the the older version of that, the disciplined older version of that, uh, tends to stay the course longer. That gives you a better opportunity to win. Uh, you got two more chances during the regular season to see the Tigers at home on October 30th against Albany, on November 13th against Elon. Both games kick off at 2 o'clock. Uh, it is my favorite thing to do with my kids and my wife is to get out to uh, Towson football games. It is such an awesome atmosphere and family-centric, and that is a big deal. I encourage you to go do it. Rob Ambrose, congratulations, man. I know. Look, I get for you, you've had a billion big wins, so it's what's one compared to another, but um, this felt like a big one, man. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, go get him against William & Mary on Saturday. Let's talk again in a couple weeks, all right? It's Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Coach Rob Ambrose, Towson football coach, joining us after a massive victory over Rhode Island on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I really would encourage you. I, uh, the, the great story about Christian Dixon and everything that he's been through and what a monster game he had for the Tigers against Rhode Island on Saturday with 11 tackles. Um, great story, and uh, would encourage you to go spend a couple of minutes learning more about him, Towson, on the road at William & Mary this coming Saturday and then back home to face Albany. Whew, we are mowing along here on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Of course, you know that. I'm not telling. Who am I telling? You know that every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. There's nothing like being there. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I've got a funny feeling they're going to be harder to come by as the season goes along and things continue on this path. So go get whatever ones you can get right now. BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Um, I... I I don't uh, – this is from Ed. Ed said, Glenn, are you going to talk about the Nick Rolovich situation? I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I, 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 maybe you're asking because you know that I have some, some uh, libertarian inclinations. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll run through everything. Here's, here's everything I have that I feel about it. Um, I don't love government overreach. I also know that we're in a pandemic. I also know that to this point, it seems like the best way for us to get out of this pandemic is for us all to get vaccinated. And as much as you might not like mandates and might not like the government forcing you to do something, 
this is this is the way that these things work. You're not going to be arrested. Nick Rolovich didn't get arrested yesterday because he chose not to get mandated or not to get vaccinated. He didn't get arrested. He's not going to jail. That's not what happened. He was given a choice by his employer. You get to choose. Would you rather be vaccinated or would you rather be out of a job? Those are your choices. You get to do what you want to do. I have no idea why Nick Rolovich doesn't get vaccinated. My understanding is that but this nonsense about a religious exemption, get the F out of here. And I'm not trying to come after religious people, but y- y- that ain't a thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know about other religions. It ain't a thing for the religions, that the people that are trying to use it. I, I This is a joke that I was talking to a local coach about their team over the summer, and I was like, how you doing with vaccinations? And he was like, I got three a-holes who are trying to get religious exemptions. And I said, what, what, what does that even mean? He said, I have no effing idea. We're the same religion. I know. One of the players is going to go to the same church. There's not a damn thing that exists that says we can't get vaccinated. And by the way, the coach that I was talking to, I happen to know, is a particularly strong conservative and was very frustrated about this. You don't want to get vaccinated. That's I, 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 I don't have the words for it. I can't explain it. Should it be forced upon you by a government? I, you know, my inclination is no. But at the same time, it's not. This is the thing. This is a fallacy. This is where we get into fact versus fiction. It's the thing I was talking about earlier where we're debating fact. The fact is Nick Rolovich was not forced to get the vaccine. You know how I know that? He's not vaccinated. That's how I know he wasn't forced. He was given the right to make his choice. And that's the choice he made. And if for whatever stupid reason, you feel that strongly about something, you have the right to feel that strongly about it. It is regularly something that is not... To my understanding, and I will admit that I did not watch the entire thing, nor did I watch much of it, but when Kyrie Irving went on last week and did a... He didn't defend not getting vaccinated. He attempted to defend his right to not get vaccinated because there's no real defense of not getting vaccinated. I know there was an ESPN reporter, I think it was Allison Williams, who lost her job recently, and she said her reasoning was because she was trying to have a child. And that's why she didn't want to get vaccinated. Of course, as we know, vaccinated people are having children. There's, it's not, there's no relationship between those two things. The science is real. It exists. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm befuddled by that choice but that's again her choice she gets the right if she wants to leave her job at ESPN because she doesn't want to get vaccinated that's her right nobody is taking away your right to that you have that right it's where we conflate these things and we make it seem like it's an infringement upon your personal rights no you have the right to not be vaccinated you have that right is your life going to be more difficult because of it yes In the same way that your life is more difficult if you choose not to get a driver's license. If you choose not to do any of the other things that we have decided as a whole, as a functional society, are better for the the whole of the group. 
That's your choice. That's your right. That was Nick Rolovich's right. Do I think it's insane? Yeah, I think it's insane. I think it's bat-ass insane that a well-paid um, football coach would choose that he cares so deeply about not getting vaccinated for a disease that he would give up that job. I think it's nuts. I think it's bonkers. But that's his right. And I, I'm sure as hell not going to take it away from him. To, right if he wanted to quit for another reason. If he wanted to quit because he just wanted to quit. you got the right to quit your job whenever you want to quit your job for whatever reason. If Paul, two days after he started, wanted to quit the job tomorrow, I couldn't take that right away from him. I'd be confused. <laughs> I'd hope that he wouldn't do it. But I can't. you got the right to quit your job if you want to quit your job. Nick Rolovich decided he wanted to quit his job. Did he quit or was he fired? It says he was fired. Uh, I be- I got to look at the terminology of it. I, right, right here, probably it says fired for refusing. Yeah, COVID and, that, and that's because they have to they have to protect themselves so to, because they have to make it without with cause. They have to fire him with cause. So that's the way that goes down. But he was he knew what he was doing. Right. Like but he, he was, it was, he was choosing to be fired instead of. Uh, so if you want to word it the right way, if you want to choose to be fired instead of keeping your job, that is your right. You can choose to be fired when that, those options are presented to you. Um, it, there are certainly circumstances in which I think all of us would stand up and say, like if someone was fired because um, they, they, uh, I'm trying to get, if, if they were fired because of their sexual orientation, I think we would all stand up and say yeah. something about that. If someone was fired because they, you know, they went to church on a Sunday I mean, again, presuming they weren't supposed to be working on that Sunday and they skipped work in order to do it. You know what I mean? Like, just for going to church. I think we would all stand up and say something about that. Mm-hmm. It would be unacceptable. The, the the greater good is not here. There's nothing to defend here. I mean, I get the bad faith actors will do it anyway just because that's what we do. But there's nothing to defend. He got fired because of his own choice. He was told... This is, by the Washington State didn't have a choice either. It obviously came from the governor of the state of Washington. The school didn't have a choice. They had to get everybody vaccinated or they couldn't keep them as a state employee. It was made very clear to them. This is what happens. By the way, people want college football and want separation from the government and forget that college football employees, for the most part, work for governments, state governments. It's a private school, different conversation. Don't know how, you know, if it, like obviously there's a, a mandate that came from the president and that impacts even private businesses that could be fined for not having employees vaccinated, but that's up to them. Like if, if you know, I'm trying to give a private school, if the Duke University decides that they're willing to pay the fine for unvaccinated employees, that's their choice too. They get to do that. Everybody, there's, there's choice that gets to come from all of this. The choice here from Nick Rolovich was, I'd rather not get vaccinated. I would just rather lose my job. What I don't understand is, so I know people that aren't vaccinated, and they say to me, well, my employer wants me to get vaccinated, but it's my choice. Why should I have to? Well, look, look I'm not going to tell you what to do. I think you should get vaccinated, but if you don't, I can't tell you that you, that, Correct. That you have to, right? But your employer has policies in order for you to work for them. So, like, I can go home tonight and watch the NLCS and drink 12 beers if I want to. And you're not going to fire for me that so long as I show up not hungover tomorrow and put on a good show. 100%. Right? But if I come in here tomorrow and I drink 12 beers doing Glenn Clark Radio, 
you're going to kick my butt out the door. Almost certainly. Because well, you have... Well, if it's our drinking show, I might not. But, you know, correct. Most days I would, yes. There's a company policy. If your employer's policy is you have to get vaccinated or you can't work here, you have two choices. Yep. Get vaccinated or don't work there. Yes. I don't understand what the problem is with people understanding this. And look, again, I, 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 to my understanding, all of these mandates have included, like, if there's if you have whatever some very rare condition that would make you at risk for getting vaccinated you can get an exemption for that like if there's an actual tangible reason right. beyond just i don't want to do it it's very clear and i know a lot of people have pointed out that you know throughout our history we've polio vaccine like we've we, this is not new you know we kids get vaccinated before they go to school like you get your measles mumps rubella shot um, like that, that people have pointed that out. I, I would like to think that it shouldn't require that. Th- this to me isn't even a debate about that. I because I genuinely don't care. This is the libertarian. I don't care. I I don't I don't care. I don't. Um, you know if if it impacts me directly, right? Like you know if 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 Paul had told me, by the way, I'm not vaccinated, it might have impacted our choices whether or not Paul would have been Kyle's replacement, right? Because I got to be in here with him every day, and you know I I might want to see you know, elderly people in my life. And I don't want to be carrying, uh, even though I'm not at risk, I don't want to be carrying something with me when I am, as we saw, you know, there even, in, even, even vaccinated elderly people are still at some amount of risk, right? Like I, I don't want that. So it might've made that if it doesn't impact me, it doesn't impact me. And I, I don't. I would prefer I would prefer if everybody got vaccinated. I, I'll make that very clear. I want everybody to get vaccinated. But it doesn't impact me. In the same way, I don't feel any amount of sorrow or pain. And I'm never going to. You made your choice. You, you lose your job. It's, exactly. that, it's that simple. Does it suck for the players that decided they wanted to go to Washington State because of Nick Rolovich? Yeah, it sucks for them big time. It's a bummer for them. That their coach would decide would prioritize not getting vaccinated for whatever reason he has over being their coach and trying to help protect them. Like that's it's it sucks for them. I'm I feel sorry for them that that's the way that things went. But do I think that that it's it's no I don't I don't feel any amount of pain or sorrow whatsoever for Nick Rolovich and I won't and. That's because he he had the right to do what he did. I'm not going to try to take that away from him. He got to make his choice. And that was the choice that he made. And, you know, b- bully. I don't know what that means. For, I don't, I, first of all, I've never thought about Nick Rolovich before, so trying to put this, I don't care. I don't care. If he never gets another head coaching job, I don't care. I, I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know how many states right now I mean, maybe like a, the deep south, there's probably a lot of states that don't have mandates. So, you know, like there's only so many jobs available. Like you're, you're limiting yourself, the number of jobs that might be available um, based on this. I don't, I don't, to my, I guess LSU needs a coach, but I don't think Nick Rolovich right. is going to be where they look for their next coach. Well, and not just that, but you made a commitment to these players. You made a commitment to this program, and now you're not willing to do the things to, to, be part of this program. Yeah. Are you prioritizing? Yeah. I mean, schools can look at you and say you're not prioritizing the football program. Correct. Uh, that's a great point. Because like, that part of it to me, that's I have a weird feeling about that. Like people can make mental health decisions to say I need to step away, right? right. Like, and if they do that, I'm not gonna. You know, that's that's doing what you think is best for you 
is not going to be something that I'm going to lose my mind about. But yeah, to the point, what? How does that impact a, a potential future employee? How does a or employer like? Absolutely, they look at that and say, well, if we tell you that, if if next year we have an incident that occurs on campus and we have to have everyone go to um, like domestic violence class every week, are you going to say no? I, I'm not going to do. I won't comply. You can't force me to do these things. Right. Yeah, I think that would absolutely impact a, a potential future employer to say, yeah, we're not we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Look, I think Nick Rolovich, let's not oversell Nick Rolovich. He had a good year at Hawaii, obviously, a couple years ago, and we have no idea because he was at Washington State for such a small amount of time. We have no idea what he was going to do there. He hadn't done anything yet, but it was such a short amount of time that, you know, a, a, a minimally truncated season last year and not even half a season this year. We have no clue if he was going to be a, a good football coach at Washington State or not. He's enough of an offensive mind that I think someone will give him some sort of job in the future. I don't I'd be surprised if it was as a head coach at the major like I don't think there's any chance he's getting a head coaching job at a, a F, FBS program um, quickly. Not to say he couldn't at some point down the road. At some point, I'd like to think the pandemic will be over, and this won't be a big deal to anybody, to people at some point. Um, but I don't he get that. But could he get an offensive coordinator job or a quarterback's coach job or something like that somewhere or a lower-level head coaching job? Maybe. There's always someone that 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 sees these types of things as their opportunity. You know, like if, if the university I, – and, I, and I, honest to God, I have no idea. If the University of South Dakota at the FCS level needs a head coach and, you know, says, well, this is a major Division One head coach that we can get and he's available, you know, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But I have – there's just no other thought to me related to Nick Rolovich. None. There's, there's, there's none. You, you don't like mandates, you don't like mandates. I don't love mandates either. I prefer that we would have all chosen to go and get vaccinated so these mandates weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. That would have been my preference. My preference would have been we all go get vaccinated and then we don't have to do this. For whatever reason, that wasn't the case. And so and the other part of this that nobody wants to talk about, and this really is the, the, the dirty little secret, is that in a lot of these cases, they don't have a choice. They're, the insurance company that they work with says, we're not going, if you don't get everybody vaccinated, we're not going to work with you any longer. We're not going to take unnecessary risk of lawsuit because you want to have unvaccinated people hanging around. I know that as a fact. Um, I not I don't know about Washington, the state of Washington, and I don't know what the local guy, I don't know what the state of Maryland's insurance situation is in relation to, you know, like the University of Maryland football team and all that. I know that there are insurance companies that have made it abundantly clear. Either you're getting everybody vaccinated or we're out. I'm sure and that's at that pretty point, widespread. At that point, you don't have a choice because you can't be uninsured. So we can bellyache about it and we can do whatever you want to do to prove how conservative or libertarian you are. But at the end of the day, your insurance company comes to you and says, we're going to drop you. You're not going to have health insurance any longer. Unless you get vaccinated, you know what you're going to do? You can go get vaccinated. And maybe the market would create some insurance company that's willing to vaccinate the, uh, or willing to cover the unvaccinated. That's typically the way this works. I, I get it. I don't want there to be mandates. I don't want there to be mandates. I, there's a lot of things I don't want. I don't want to pay taxes either. But you know what I like? Roads. 
Hospitals. Schools for your kids to go yeah. to. I like those things. I don't want to pay taxes. I would prefer we didn't. But I get it. This is the straight this is why I can't be a full libertarian, right? It's because like I I understand that like, the way the world works. I, I still think that we should try to lessen that as much as possible. And like I'm still for smaller government, things along those lines. But I get it. I get it. We we want a society to function. I I, I want the, the streetlights to work. I don't want us all to just be crashing into each other on the roads because we can't pay taxes. I, plus for me, trust me, I believe we pay too much in taxes. I believe there are things, there is wasteful government spending. I promise you I believe in that. But sometimes we got to do things that we don't like doing. It's how a functional society works. This is one of those things. Nick Rolovich got a choice. He's not being arrested. Unlike taxes, you, you don't pay your taxes, you can get arrested. Nobody's getting arrested for not getting vaccinated. Just, you get to choose. Do you want to keep this job or not? Kyrie Irving's getting to choose. Do you want to make $30 million to play basketball? That's not a government. That's a private business making that decision. I mean, it's because of the government, right? Like the government in the city of New York said you can't, nobody can be in the arena if they're not vaccinated. So Kyrie Irving's got to make his choice, right? Like, that's, that's his choice. He's made the choice that he's made. That's it. That's the end of it. I don't know what the next debate is. I mean, it sucks for the Nets. This is what we were talking about Jeremy Kahn yesterday. He still thinks they can win the title anyway. But, like, I'm sure they would prefer to have Kyrie Irving on the floor. But that's his choice. I'm not taking it away from him. He made his choice. That's it. That's the end of the conversation for me. If that's what he wants, that's what he wants. I, I, I don't have to tell you. If Nick Rolovich doesn't want to be the football coach at Washington State because he doesn't want to get vaccinated, that's his choice. Bummer for them, I guess, if they think he's a good football coach, but that's it. That's that's literally the end of the conversation. To, there's nothing else. I, you know, if, if you think vaccines work, I would continue to try to tell people in your life why you think they work. If, if you know, if you think, if, I, I, don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Sorry, I mean, I, I, I'm probably disappointing. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I, that's all I can give you as far as the take is concerned. Uh, winding down for the show. It's been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go. And quite stylishly, I might add. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. The answer is no, by the way. Um, so quickly, I I was done. I you know, I've been telling you guys you still pick up this last print issue of Pressbox in the final couple days. I was informed yesterday you might not be able to. Apparently, this one flew, flew off newsstands. The point where we used to have two issues that were sitting in here. I used to have two copies of it. They were needed because we were out of them. Yeah. So go, still try to go look. I mean, I can't, I can't promise you that you won't find them. I would still encourage you to go look and see at your neighborhood Royal Farms of the uh, issue with Marlon Humphrey on the cover is there. And the good news is in two days, what's today's date? No, tomorrow, tomorrow, there will be a new issue of Press Box that will be hitting newsstands with uh, Maryland women's basketball coach Brenda Freeze on the cover as she celebrates her 20th season, 20 years. It's remarkable to think about. 20th year as the head coach uh, down at Maryland. Uh, a lot of college basketball coverage inside. We meet players from every D1 program, men's and women's in the state of Maryland. Um, plus my interview with Elijah Green, the first Baltimore interview with the potential number one overall pick in next year's draft. Um, and of course, the son of former Raven, Eric Green. Uh, that's in there. What else is in there? Lots of great stuff in this print issue of Press Box. And it's hitting newsstands tomorrow, so make sure you go pick it up. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. Tonight, 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 we are at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. Can't wait to see you for the Tyus Bowser Show. I know there's going to be a special guest. I just, I'm, I, guys, I'm so sorry. I would love to be able to tell you who it is. It's a complicated situation. We've got a backup plan to our backup plan, so we know that there's someone that's going to be able to join us. And if that's who it is, you're going to be thrilled. You're going to be thrilled. It's just that, for reasons I can't explain, Tyus just wanted to check to see if maybe somebody else might be able to join instead. And if he finds somebody else, I promise you'll be thrilled about that too. So either way, it's going to be great. Tyus and a special guest tonight 
We will be at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. You're going to want to join us starting at 7 o'clock for the Tyus Bowser Show, brought to you by True Strong Services, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Press Box. What you got, Paul? All right. It's another two-parter. Okay. If that's okay. Um, Derrick Henry rushed for 143 yards last night. He is averaging 130.5 rushing yards per game this season and is on pace for 2,219 yards this season, which would make him the new owner of the NFL single-season rushing mark, albeit with an asterisk, and the sole member of the 2,000-yard club to do it twice, let alone back-to-back. It would also be the third 1,500-yard season of his career, making him the 12th player in NFL history to record at least Three 1,500-yard seasons. It would also be his third consecutive 1,500-yard season. The first question. He's really good, man. I don't know what there's yeah. to say. He's really good. Only four players have ever recorded four or more 1,500-yard seasons. Who are they? Like consecutively or in their career? That's the second question. In their career. In their Only career. four players have ever recorded four or more. Who are they? Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson is one. He, d- he had four of them. Is it O.J. Simpson? Unbelievably, no. Okay. I think he only had two. Um, Marshall Falk. No, sir. Emmett Smith. No, sir. He only had two. Marcus Allen. Three. No. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, number one. He had five. Adrian Peterson. No. Walter Payton. Walter Payton. He had four. You have one left. This one's going to be tough. Fairly recent player. Fairly recent. CJ2K. No. Not that recent. Okay. He uh, did play in the 2000s. He did play in the 2000s. He played in the 2000s. Not that recent. Uh, uh, Priest Holmes. No. Sean Alexander. No. Fairly recent. Uh, Matt Forte. No. Arian Foster. Corey, Corey Dillon. No, he played for multiple teams, which doesn't really help, doesn't, I guess. But if I, if I gave you a different hint, you would get it immediately. Edron James. Edron James. Okay. He had four. Okay. The second question, only three players. You did throw me off the scent a little bit because I thought it was a non-Hall of Famer. That's what I thought you meant by that. Like, you know, if I just kept guessing Hall of Famers, I would have gotten there. Yeah, eventually, yeah. yeah. I always forget that Edron James is in the Hall of Fame. Yep, just got in. Only three players have ever recorded three or more consecutive seasons of 1,500 yards rushing. Who are they? Only Say that one more time. Only three players have ever recorded three or more consecutive seasons of 1,500 yards rushing. Who are they? And by the way, I, I didn't get this stat from anywhere. I did all this reason. This, yeah. this took for freaking oh, ever. I can only imagine. So you said how many players were there? Three. Three. And I mean, is it any of Dickerson, Sanders, Peyton, or James? Only one from that list did it consecutively. Sanders? Barry Sanders, four consecutive seasons, over 1,500 rushing yards, 1994 through 97. You have two more. You might not get them. Oh, good. Oh, good. How about... One is in the Hall of Fame. One I can't re- I don't think he's in, but he might be. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, three, from 1996 to 98. One more. One more. Um, and, and, and you don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or not. I can't remember. LaDainian Tomlinson. No, I, he's definitely, definitely in the Hall of Fame. Fame. 
Clinton Portis. No. I know he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely not in the Hall of Fame. Um, was anybody I guessed before? No. Okay. Huh. I was shocked. Not Marshall, shocked. Marshawn I was surprised. Lynch? No. I was surprised when I saw this. Frank Gore? No. Probably will be in the Hall of Probably. Fame. Probably. Just not yet. I'm surprised he's not playing this year. I'm, you know what? I'm a little surprised by that, too. Uh, someone who's good enough that they might be in the Hall of Fame, but but not not so good that we know that they're in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Uh, I don't know whether to get... I mean, I guess most of the Hall of Famers at this point, so I should probably move on to non-Hall of Famers. Uh, Maurice Jones Drew. No. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. Definitely is not, the answer. not in the Hall of Fame. Definitely 2004 not. to 2006. Yeah, I feel like if you put up three consecutive 1,500 yard you. seasons and I score all those argument. touchdowns. I hear the argument, but not a Hall of Famer. Not not very much not in the Hall of Fame. It was good. That was a good tip. Very well done. He might well be done. in the uh, Hall of Fame scumbags, but we don't need to get it. Yeah, I mean, but like in comparison, I don't think he is. Like yeah. in comparison to what some other people have done, I don't think he makes the Hall of Fame. I think he makes like the he's in the hall in the same way he's in the hall of very good as a player he's in the hall of very good uh, scumbags yeah for uh, uh, his relationship and trying to was it was, was he was one that his wife had cancer and he left her for uh, for for another woman yeah. yeah yeah rough rough scene man rough scene mobile one full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life visit your local Jiffy Loop service center ask for mobile one. Here's what's coming up, Totally Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling. Sale is on. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four, get four free. There is no limit. Plus pay nothing for two full years. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. As I mentioned earlier, the baseball, for whatever reason, the game that's in Los Angeles. Oh, and by the way, this is a good point from Matt Myers. Matt Myers says employers have rights too. They do. I mean, they do. Employers have the right to impose that, and you get to make your choices from there. This thing where we're trying to make it seem like there's some, there's a small group of bad faith actors who are trying to make it seem like this is a um, specific rights issue. It's it's not. Um, the, you know, the employers have to make the decision for what's best for their. So you can say Washington State again. They didn't make the decision. It was the state of Washington. But the Brooklyn Nets made their decision because of. Like, the Brooklyn Nets could have chosen to let Kyrie Irving play on the road. That was their option. They could have chosen that they were going to allow Kyrie Irving to not play the home games because the mandate in New York would play on the road. And they decided they weren't going to do that. And that was their choice. They got to say, we think for the best, the betterment of the organization, for protecting players, keeping them healthy, all those things, we're not going to, we're going to choose not to do that. That's not what we're going to do this year. We're not going to let you play road games. And that's their choice. That's their right. They have the right to do that the same way that Kyrie Irving has the right to not get vaccinated. It's the way that this works. It's a two-way street. All right. Um, uh, the L.A. game is the one that's in the afternoon, 5 o'clock, for the NLCS Game 3. Charlie Morton, Walker Bueller for Braves-Dodgers on TBS. Fox Sports 1 for Game 4 of the ALCS as the Astros try to even things back up. They send Zach Greinke to the mound against Nick Pavetta. Uh, game 4 on FS1 at 8 o'clock. NBA season officially gets underway tonight. TNT for Nets-Bucks at 7.30. Warriors-Lakers at 10. Uh, the, this is a weird bit. I'm not a Capitals fan, so I don't care, but apparently the Capitals are not on television tonight. You can watch them on Hulu or on ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. It's some new bit that the NHL has done with like ESPN and Hulu. I don't understand anything about it. 
Um, and I, I get that most people are like, well, I get streaming services on my TV, so it's fine. This impacts a very small group of people at this point, but like, it's a weird bit. Capitals Avalanche tonight, 7 o'clock on Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. ESPN has Islanders Blackhawks at 8. ESPN Plus for Loyola Soccer against Wake Forest at 7. CBS Sports Network, uh, UEFA Champions League this afternoon. Of course, you don't get to watch the games. Instead, you can watch their Red Zone Channel thing, their Golazo show for the Champions League at 3. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Give me some non-sports highlights. Well, before I do that, didn't ESPN, after the NHL lockout, say we're not broadcasting hockey games? Is that a thing, or did they, I make that they, up? Well, the ESPN hadn't had the NHL for, yeah, I mean, basically that amount of time. But they last year, uh, NBC, NBCSN is going away. NBCSN mm-hmm. is ending as a network. And so the NHL needed new media partners, and uh, Turner and ESPN decided they were going to get the their. It's I, like, and I'm pretty sure right now it's just one night a week for yeah. hockey on ESPN. I don't know if that's going to change as the season goes along, and like they broadcast a lot of college basketball, so I don't know how much inventory they even have to air hockey games mm-hmm. um, as the season goes on, and they still have their NBA partnerships. So I, I mean, I don't know how much. Like there were, I, I feel like. The NHL was on NBCSN like four nights a week or something like that. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing with these new partners, but they also have their own network too. They have the NHL network; they can broadcast games on, and they're right. trying this. They're trying this Hulu thing. Hulu has live sports. I've Baker heard Mayfield. that before. I've heard that before. All right, uh, tonight on NBC, La Brea at nine o'clock. Uh, on Bravo, watch what happens live uh, at 10 o'clock. If you don't know what that is, that's Andy Cohen. He's an executive or the CEO of the company. Um, he interviews former contestants from Bravo reality shows. Um, okay. FX, impeachment, American crime story, the assassination I've, of Monica Lewinsky at 10 o'clock. I've been watching that. I've been watching it. I, I would like to check it out. I forgot it's, it was a thing. The cast is insane. Like, it's just like for-, for They always like, are. Clive Owen is playing Bill Clinton. And you would say, like, Clive Owen doesn't look anything like Bill Clinton, but he's pulling it off. Despite the fact that he doesn't look like Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. um, and then like every episode, it feels like there's somebody else that you're like, like Billy Eichner plays Matt Drudge, and like you're just like, how how are they? Like Taron Killam is playing a very bit part. He's playing Paula Jones' boyfriend. It's a very bit part that Taron Killam is playing in the show. Like it's a great cast. How does Billy Eichner keep getting work? He's uh, he's I you know he entertains me in moments. It's 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 fleeting, but in moments he entertains me. <laughs> fleeting. Yeah. All right. Uh, sci-fi has Chucky at ten, uh, and then CBS The Late Show with Stephen Colbert guests Nick Offerman and Charlemagne the God at eleven thirty, and on Comedy Central The Daily Show with Trevor Noah at eleven. Very good. All right. Thanks today to Rob Ambrose. Thanks also to Didi Kinkabwala and to Chip Carey, the Braves play-by-play voice. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section of the. Oh, this is where you're supposed to say archives. Archives. Yeah, all right. We, we might, that might, that just might die a natural death. A die a, de- a, de- a death I, of natural causes. I keep going to copy and paste my totally tubular when you do this. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, we'll get that up. Uh, coming up on the program tomorrow, Drew Forrester will join us as he does every Wednesday. I feel like we booked something tomorrow. Did we not book something for tomorrow? We did. It's in my notes. Um, How do we book tomorrow? I don't even remember. Genuinely don't remember. Oh, oh, my buddy Greg Rosenthal from NFL yeah, Network yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. join He's us. coming on. He's coming on. Love Greg. Um, selfishly, we're going to spend a couple minutes talking tennis because that's what Greg and I do, but then uh, we'll talk about the Ravens. Um, and, of course, part one, we'll, we'll hear from the Tyus Bowser Show tomorrow morning as well. So all of that is coming up. 
Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobile, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, True Strong Services, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Paul, you follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley. The third, Paul Valley, I, 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 if you will. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. See you tonight. Twain's Tavern in Pasadena for the Tyus Bowser Show. Have a Groot, great, Groot, have a Groot. I am Groot. Have a great Tuesday night. Um, go Braves. I still say go Astros, but y'all can do whatever you want. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>